Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, Kate Things. We're back, man. Episode 257. Yes, sir. Let's get right into it. Um, recently, we've been seeing celebrities wearing these huge red boots. Mm-hmm. They are just these big, massive boots, and um, people are wearing them. Do I know why they're wearing them? Fuck no. I don't know. It looks crazy to me, but who <laughs> am I? I'm not a fashion. I'm not like a fashion aficionado. I'm just a black guy, right? So what do I know? Mm-hmm. All right, so let, let's get into it. These big red boots have stomped onto the internet, and they're probably here to stay. Um, There's a new shoe on the block. The big red boots have taken the internet by storm for their oversized cartoonish look and and made their way to New York Fashion Week. Created by Mischief, a New York-based art collective, the coveted boots sold out within a matter of minutes during the official online launch on February 16th. While Mischief pronounced Mischief, hence that... The inspiration may have come from the door. The Explorer sidekick boots <laughs> fans and critics mm. think there is an uncanny resemblance to the footwear of anime character Astro Boy. Um, let's see here. Yep, he does look like Astro Boy. That Celeb- was the first thing that came to my mind. Mm-hmm. Celebrities and influencers alike have embraced the jumbo boots and have been seen stepping out in their new statement piece. But the boots come with a hefty price tag and $350 a pair. Hoda Kotb and Jenna Bush Hager weighed in on the latest style trend on February 15th, deemed it a sleigh. Okay. I, I don't know why they they too old to be saying that. Anyways. Yeah, uh, they could have left that out of the article. Yeah, sleigh. Yeah. I seen Sierra wearing the boots, but she looks sexy with them on. She got some nice legs. She has some big old boots on. I'm like, it's a, it's a girl. She the only one I've seen that look good in these boots. I gotta see Sierra with the boots. Yeah, Sierra on. with the boots look good. She just looked like it just looks like um what do you call that? Like a high fashion type thing when she wears it. Yeah. Everybody else just look ridiculous with them. Oh, hers hers look a little smaller too. Oh, she got a little she got some reduced boots. <laughs> she got the reduced the reduced Oh uh, no, they look kind of big still. They still big, but like yeah. to me she still looks she looks sexy with them on because she's a woman. Yeah. Right? I expect women to wear shit like this. But it actually doesn't look so bad. Yeah. You know, but everybody else just look ridiculous. Not every shoe is for everybody. Nah, nah, nah. She got a big old shirt on like she ain't got no pants on. <laughs> yeah, but see, see how they look like they don't, she doesn't look out of place wearing them. Yeah, hers look pretty decent. But I forgot, who is this dude on the side with the boots on at the NBA game? That motherfucker look crazy. Who was that? Uh, Dip, Diplo? Diplo? Oh. That motherfucker had them boots on and he just looked like a... I don't know, man. He like he just had some, like he had a big purse on his feet or something. Did you see uh, Shia Alexander? Who? Shia Alexander. What's his name? Who's that? I don't know who it is. Um, he played for the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, what happened? He just had like the baggy jeans. Now the the, the big shoe thing is coming in the style for some reason. Drake has these big ass boots he's been wearing, big old brown mm-hmm. boots, mm-hmm. and he's wearing baggy pants now. So, I hope the baggy pants don't come back, bro. They, these, yeah, they're coming back slowly, man. Mm-hmm. I've seen a couple people wearing big old baggy pants because this is how it goes, man. Like, people try to force fashion on people because yeah. for the longest, people have started wearing uh, more fitted jeans and smaller jeans mm-hmm. now. Even the NBA reduced the jean size because back in the 90s and 2000s, everybody had long shorts. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's shorts are little as a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. If the shorts get any smaller in the NBA, it's gonna be a nigga with his nuts hanging out the bottom, <laughs> motherfucker, man. Yeah, the kid. I even <laughs> see the kid. I was at this middle school basketball tournament, 
and the kids are rolling up their shorts. Yeah. And just like having it like I don't know. I don't, I don't I get don't it. Know. I think a decent like it's cool to like show your legs a little bit. You could I don't I don't want it to go back to the 80s like with uh Magic Johnson and stuff like that, but um I think it's cool to be like a little bit above your knees, but the whole like rolling the them up. tight it's like hugging your nuts and st- it's just kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just it's influence. Mm-hmm. You know, you start seeing players going smaller with the shorts. I, I don't even know where it came from, mm-hmm. but the shortest shorts in the league. Jordan eat- Poole. huh? Jordan Poole? Uh, I know. I'm just saying, not now. Oh, okay. The shortest shorts in the league in the '90s or even in the 2000s before he retired was John Stockton. Oh, you got the shortest ones? Fuck yeah, because even when even when everybody was wearing the longer shorts, he was he still, still wearing the short ones? Yeah, John Stockton had the little shorts on with, with the hairy-ass legs. John Stockton tripping. He looked like somebody's hairy white dad out there on that fucking court. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. John Stockton was a dog, bro. That dude, yeah, he was to me, easily top five point guards of all time. Yeah. People get mad when you say it. Like that, They'll be like, hell no, he ain't better than Chris Paul. I think John Stockton better than Chris Paul. That's just my opinion. I mean, he's leads in assists and steals. Like what? I mean, yeah, he's up there. He's he's one of the tops. You could say Iverson, but Iverson really didn't play like a point guard, man. Yeah, he was he's a more like a guard. two almost. Yeah, but he was a point guard, so you got to put him there. So AI Stockton, uh, uh, CP three for sure. You got to put him on there. Um, who was another one? You gonna put Jay Kidd on there or no? You got well. Yeah, Jason I, Kidd. You he can't. Like, you, you can't sit there and skip over Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas, bro. Isaiah Thomas. Um, motherfucking Gary Payton. Um, Gary Payton. Yeah. Shit. There's so many good guards. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll get. We ain't trying to get into all that right now. We're talking about these fucked up boots. Mm-hmm. So let's stay on task here. Um, Somebody gonna hoop in these one day. Yeah. If uh, if uh, Swaggy P was still in the league, he'll for sure pull up to the basketball game with these red boots on. Yeah, these boots are ridiculous, man. Yeah. They're, yeah. I think now they're just putting it. They got Hulk boots now. You seen them? Mm-mm. They got these boots that got Hulk feet on them. This is like, I think these are more like anime cartoon inspired. But I think this is this has been a trend, like you were saying, that's been going on for a minute. Like Kanye West with the big old boots. Yeah. So, oh, what if don't keep going? What if, like, literally Kanye like led the charge with these big ass boots? Like, he was at the forefront, yeah, because everybody everybody laughed at his boots, everybody laughed, including me. Yeah, I called them the mental health sevens, okay, (laughs) but (laughs) MH sevens, yeah, the MH sevens, the mental health sevens, (laughs) right? Them boots look like they stink, (laughs) and he. He was wearing the same clothes for like two weeks straight. Yeah. So, you know, the, the stank went from his boots all the way to them black jeans he had on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. What if Kanye did lead the charge? Because he was the first nigga wearing them oversized boots. Yeah. Now they all of a sudden they in fashion, these big red boots. Yeah. Y'all going to have to respect Kanye one of these days. Yeah, man. Yeah. Kanye, he actually disappeared. This is the first time in history that Kanye been, got to disappear. Yeah. He ain't been on no nonsense, huh? I'm kind of glad that nigga was getting on my fucking nerves. Every week it was something. Yeah, it's going to be something. He's going to come back. McDonald's <laughs> is the devil. They want our kids to not believe in God because the burgers are ungodly. <laughs> they ungodly. I'm telling you, why are you eating a Big Mac right now, Kanye? <laughs> 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 the lettuce is, 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 you know what, man? Y'all ain't even on my level, man. I ain't even trying to tell y'all nothing. Like, this nigga's crazy. DJ Khaled said God did. 
as if it was the past tense. But God do. <laughs> uh, it's God's. It's plural, not singular. I believe in God's. It's more than one God because God said, he'd be like, this nigga needs to get his medication right it's now. It's plural, not singular. I used to have a singular te- cell phone back in the day. George Bush don't care about black people. <laughs> Singular wireless, cricket wireless, track phone. Oh, man. Track phone. I had an Obama phone and I didn't even vote for Obama. <laughs> Yo, them Obama phones is wild, bro. Yeah. Niggas had Obama's phones and just, I guess the phones were, there was, there was a purpose behind it. It was for people to get jobs. I definitely had, there was an era in my life where I had an Obama phone. Nah. For like a couple of weeks, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. That nigga Obama was calling you, hey, what, what are you doing with my phone? <laughs> what are you doing with my phone, Keith? Why are you texting hoes on my phone? Why are you texting hoes? <laughs> Every time you text a hoe, I'm going to charge you 25 cents for a text message. <laughs> that was great. Oh, man. Yeah. That, was, that, was a, that was a crazy time, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the purpose behind those phones were to get a job. There's not a whole lot else to say about these big red boots, but I guess they're trying to force them into style. But if I ever see a motherfucker wearing those big red boots out here, man, I'm going to have to have a conversation. You know who's going to pop up with them first? I don't even know. You don't want to guess? Who's going to pop out here? Yeah. (sighs) Fuck. I know him? Yeah. What's the age group? He's like, he's uh, closer to your age, probably. I think he's in his thirties, like probably big red boots. Fuck, I'm gonna be mad when you tell me. Mm -hmm. Who who is it, man? Todd Jones. Todd, oh, the first one with the red boots. (laughs) Yeah, man, I had to get the big red boots to try them out, see what they about. Like Todd, if you don't take those goddamn fucking boots off. (laughs) Shout out to Todd Jones, man. That nigga would get those boots. Yeah, he would. Because when he found out about the Tesla truck, this nigga put a down payment on it. Yeah, his Or a deposit. Yeah. I was like, come on. I was like, why'd you do it? Oh, man, you know when it come out, I'm going to get it. I'm like, nigga, why would you put that down on the truck already? (laughs) I don't know, man. Just looked like it was cool, so I was checking it out. Yeah. Todd Jones is a great guy, but his voice doesn't match his body, man. (laughs) What would Todd look? What if his? What would his? What would he look like if his voice matched his body? Uh, he'd be six foot ten. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That nigga would be six foot ten. Yeah, yeah. Not much there. Not much else here. Uh, yeah. Switching gears. Um, during the Super Bowl, there was a commercial that came on. It was a Tubi commercial, and the Tubi commercial was basically it made everybody believe that someone changed the channel. Because during the the the, the broadcast, this, it popped up and it's just changed the channel and it was moving through options as if the Tubi app was open, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. They they did that purposely to mislead everybody. Yeah, it was almost as if like you know when you accidentally sit on the remote or something and it's just right. like flicking through stuff. And when that happened, we was all watching the Super Bowl. Me and Keith and his girl and moms and just the whole family. We was all watching the game. Yeah. And when it happened, we was like, what happened? And then he basically, uh, Keith kind of low-key blamed his girlfriend for it. He yeah, like, was on her helmet. He's like, yo, why, you changed the channel? She's like, I don't think I did. I, I'm like, I you sitting on it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. But that's all it came. And we was like, oh, shit, it was a commercial. And then we mm-hmm. just was laughing, right? Mm-hmm. So that was that. 
But there was a woman that posted a TikTok and she stated that she left her boyfriend because he flipped out on her thinking that she changed the channel. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, he got so frustrated at her and she told him, I didn't do anything, that he punched a hole in the wall. And she broke up with him, right? And basically, after he seen it, the com- it was a commercial, he just gave her like an awkward apology, but she was like, uh-uh, fuck this, I'm out of here. And she ended up breaking up with him. Mm-hmm. When she told her mom and dad what happened, they were like, hey, don't make a big deal out of it. He was just probably really drinking and he was caught up in the moment of the game. And she was like, no, I'm done. Uh, and I'm with her on this one. And here's why. <clears throat> Fellas, I know sometimes you could get frustrated, but over a commercial, you punching a hole in the wall? I, I think she was smart to leave him. Because the next time, that would have been her face. She was a genius to leave that nigga. Yeah, if you can't control your emotions over a fucking commercial, that's a problem, fellas. <laughs> you got to you got to stop this shit. I cannot bail him out of this. This is a complete overreaction. Yeah. Complete overreaction. Even because I, I literally, we was all in the house, and we didn't know what had happened. We was like, yo, somebody changed the channel? But no one was mad. Mm-hmm. This nigga was so mad over a commercial and something that trivial, imagine it when it's something serious, how this guy's going to react. The, the, the thing, I think the difference is with us versus him is we were just trying to figure it out. Right. Because we know that that's happened in real life. Like, you know, yeah. you might have you might have got up, got a drink and came back and sat on a remote. And then, you know, you didn't flick to Apple TV instead of Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's just a real thing. So that we were just more so trying to figure it out. And, um, you know, usually that happens like, you know, sitting on a couch or something like that. So that was our energy. But for him to like literally blame her when we're all, you know, I don't know how many people. Was, I don't know if it was just them, them too. But yeah. if it's just her watching the game and it's like he knows for sure it wasn't himself. So he just blame her off yeah. the bat. And then like the commercial was fast. The commercial was like. I think it's 15 seconds. Yeah. It was like when the commercial pops on, it, it changes to the 2B interface or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it just clicks over, boop, 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 click something, and then boom, it goes off. It, it goes off, yeah. And then it goes to the next commercial or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. Exactly. So in that time, he's still frustrated. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, dog, like after after that, we was all laughing like, oh, yeah. This is, this is a thing like this is not yeah. like this is a joke that was a Tubi commercial exactly. oh this that was pretty creative that was the best commercial whatever the case may be right 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 but while we just chilling and this is happening in real time mm-hmm. so while me eddie and everybody in, a, in the house is laughing and eating like freaking chicken and stuff like that this nigga's punching holes in the walls and yeah. about to get about to have his relationship over because yeah. he can't even he can't <clears> even uh compartmentalize or understand that that's just a 15 second commercial. 100 percent. and here's the here's the, the issue too first of all she, first of all she had mentioned that they were together for a year but they had only lived with each other for the oh, past yeah. two mm-hmm. months mm-hmm. and she said she's seen some behaviors kind of like that before yeah which is why she really broke up with him and it's like yo i applaud this young lady ladies if you ever see a dude acting like this get away because mm-hmm. this is the same dude that's going to eventually beat your ass i'm telling you right now because the thing about it, like, you're not a man until you can control your emotions. Mm-hmm. You are not a man until you can control. Everything is not worth a reaction. And if you, if yeah. you, if you think about if you respect your lady enough, you're not going to flip out on her over a fucking commercial. On a remote? Bro? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That is crazy, bro. Uh-uh. And it's not even real. No. That was a joke. That was the equivalent of back in the early... 
back in the mid 2000s, like the 2005 range and stuff mm-hmm. like that, when people would do the voicemail thing where they'd be like, hello. And then you'd be like, oh, what's, go- what's going on? Hey, where you been? And then be like, hey, this is, I'm just joking with y'all. This is a voicemail. Leave a message after the beat. Right, right, right. Yeah, that was the same. That was the equivalent of that. But I just think that, um, she, she, I like, I'm, I'm right there with you. She did the right thing because this, that's the, uh, that's the type of, me and Eddie would, we're not gonna mention it on the podcast, but there was a there was a there's a situation that has happened around us, and we were talking about the same situation. And you know, I think the thing for women out there is to follow her pattern or follow her yes. or follow her blueprint because um, a lot of women get caught up in these type of situations where they um, they they feel like they stuck or they feel like they can't go nowhere or they feel like they in too deep, I guess. Yeah. Um, and the best thing to do is just get out of that get situation. Get the fuck out of there. Get man. out of there early too. Yep. Cause man is somebody that, like you said, so, and that's just the thing. Um, like imagine the type of force that it takes to punch through a wall. And then yeah. imagine that same force punching somebody, punching yeah. a woman in her face. And yep. you know, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's, it's insane to do that, man. Mm-hmm. And, and this applies to men too. If you notice that a woman is willing to get violent with you over something trivial or, you know, get away from her, bro, because this is the woman that can stab you. Mm-hmm. Don't think just because you're a man that, you know, a woman can't hurt you because they can fuck you up. Yeah, you're right. But but it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, there's it's definitely women out there that are, like you look at um, and this is kind of like, I don't know, this is a tricky situation. So I'm not going to uh, make it sound like anybody's right or wrong here. Mm-hmm. But um after uh so chloe bailey and um chris brown have a song coming out or it might be out already um and she was getting a lot of backlash because they were like why are you working with chris brown like we're we're huge fans of you but like you working with chris brown and he has this history of domestic domestic violence violence and stuff like that and chris brown uh basically made a post and he said like yo i made uh this thing this mistake happen like when I was in my, I was like maybe a teenager, or was late, I mean early twenties or something like that, and they're like, "You guys are holding this over my head." This happened like fifteen years ago or something like that, and he was basically saying like, um, "Meanwhile, all these people are judging me, but y'all favorite TV show is Blueface and and uh, Krishan, yeah, and That's they, like, they beat each other up all day, and y'all That's be true. you know laughing and applauding That's that whole true. situation, and then Blueface came out and was like." basically saying like you picked the wrong girl you need a girl that hits you back that way like it don't look as bad when y'all beating each other oh no it was some, some wild girl. it was some wild yeah talk completely toxic stuff weird um i don't even know how i actually brought that up but basically like <laughs> any of those situations you just gotta you just gotta you gotta get out of there and get out of there fast bro charleston white says something hilarious bro i think i sent it to you <laughs> what do you say <laughs> He was talking about Krishan. Mm-hmm. He said, so Blueface, you, you you out there taking boxing lessons, huh? You need to box that bitch, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God damn. Yeah. I was like, oh, man. Dude, Charleston White is that like. That dude is crazy. He got like four. You see now? He got like four people from Chicago locked up. He when? Was posting, he was like, I'm getting all y'all niggas locked up. All y'all niggas getting locked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man he was on he be doing live streams he like i don't care about no king vaughn nigga fuck king vaughn he's like 
Hey man, don't you ever say that again. I said again, nigga, fuck Keith on. <laughs> that nigga be talking he crazy. crazy. And then he pulled out some big ass gun during a live stream. He's like, you better keep that same energy. He's like, oh, I'll keep it. And he had a big ass gun. Nah, I was like, Charleston Wright to really shoot somebody. Yeah, he this dude is a nut job. But, but with Blueface. his gun on many with, people. Yeah, with Blueface and Krishan, that's just sad. And the thing about it was fucked up is um, people are literally continuing to interview people and get it's the same way when people kept interviewing Kanye when he was having a meltdown it's just cheap content I seen Bradley Martin do it mm-hmm. I'm like Bradley Martin that's just fucking bullshit man yeah why are you interviewing them bro especially yeah. Krishan she'd be like I don't know I'm just tired I'm just so tired of everything yeah. I, I'm just like yo she needs to get some type of mental help something's wrong with that girl yeah and Blueface is trying to deadlift Three plates, and that shit looks so fucked up. That nigga was uh, shaking it, like a salt shaker. His back was about to snap in half. Yeah. And he was a struggling like a motherfucker. Yeah. Come <laughs> on, man. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, I don't know. The, the, these, uh, I think there was some merit to what Chris Brown said. Um, I could also understand if you don't want to listen to Chris Brown. Yeah. Or listen to his music. Um, so, I don't know. I guess I, I, see, it, I see it from all angles, but... Um, he definitely has a point when it comes to our attraction to like these toxic relationships. Yeah, um, but I think it's also selective morality too because we picked and choose. He made a great point. He said y- your favorite people to watch is Krishan and Blueface, mm-hmm. and it's true. They, these people are domestic; they're they're violent towards each other. Yeah, um, and people watch the they watch them act crazy, and it's entertaining. And it's it's not yeah. entertaining to me. I don't give a fuck. I think they both need to just go away and get off TV. Mm-hmm. But People love drama. I don't know why they do, but people love drama. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to Blueface, um, his his only relevance is his drama now. Not mm-hmm. even his music. His music's terrible. Mm-hmm. All that rapping off beat, that shit died a long time ago. Yeah, we, we've you know it's funny. We've noticed like a group of artists, like their career already went down the like down the drain, and now all they have is like a reality presence now. Mm-hmm. Blueface is definitely one of them. I think mm-hmm. I think that the baby needs to definitely needs to step into reality if, if like a reality show if he wants to still have relevance. Yeah, it's it's getting t- it's getting tough for yeah people who people who aren't like genuinely good people. Um, it's it's rough for them mm-hmm. to to have a career now because we get to see we we see you so so much more. Like mm-hmm. I could only imagine. I think Drake had a line where he just basically saying like i don't know how i don't know if like the tupacs and biggies would have been able to survive with the mm. amount of attention that i get you know i'm mm. able to navigate all this with you know only having really one hiccup in terms of having a child with yeah, that's it. you know the one girl but outside of that he got a pretty clean record yeah um but yeah who knows what like if we really got to see tupac every single day on social media like who knows what uh, how we would feel about him, you know? Yeah. So that'd be crazy. It'd be videos of Tupac taking a bump or something. Yeah. You'd be like, damn. Yeah. I'm doing cocaine. Can you feel me? <laughs> 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 That's <was> crazy. <laughs> cocaine on me. <laughs> <laughs> My ambitions as a cokehead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my ambitions is a snorter. <laughs> that ain't right. We making for the Tupac. We gonna niggas gonna be mad at us. 
California drugs. Computer lab, computer lab, computer lab, computer lab, computer lab. Oh, shake, shake it, baby. Shake, shake it. Shake, shake it, mama. <laughs> yeah. Yo, that was a, a zap, wasn't it? Uh, Zap and Roger had a group yeah, back I think in so. it. That's yeah, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the one with the talk box. Yeah, mm-hmm. he had some hits back in the day. Zap, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, people. Yeah, know. I was listening to uh, what was one of those albums. They had like three or four hits on there. Yeah, I was like, dang, I forgot. About remember that? This. Remember that one? Boom, boom. I wanna be your man. I wanna be your man. Yeah. I wanna be your man. Yeah. I do. Yeah, that shit was. They had the they had the jams back in the day, man. Yeah. At every black get together, they played that song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the slaps, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I think the I think low key one of the kings of the '80s that had all the fucking hits was Rick James. Rick James. Rick sure, James yeah. was one of those. He's one of those ones in the eighties. Mm-hmm. They need to do a biopic on Rick James. That'll be wild, man. Rick James. Had, you think Chris? You get they trying to cancel Chris Brown? This nigga literally had a woman tied up for twenty four hours, burning her with a crack pipe. I don't know if they if they haven't they haven't made the Richard Pryor movie. That's bad yet. too. That's yeah. gonna be fucking wild. So. I think, I guess what I would say is I think it's harder to make some of these movies, especially like the Richard Pryors and the uh, Rick James, because there needs to be like some redeeming quality at the end. Hmm. Like, uh, like with uh, Ray Charles, for instance, you know, he, he kind of, he got his, uh, like he was banned from uh, yeah. from Georgia and stuff like that. And then at the end, he was able to come back. He got clean and all these other things. But- hmm. Um, I don't know. Like the it's, I don't know why these movies don't get made because they're interesting stories. Right. But I would just say like sometimes the 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 actual screenplay doesn't really work because at the end, you know, you want to be you want just some hope. Like yeah. you want to be able to say like, man, he really he made it through all that. But yeah. when you look at Rick James' story, it's like. That nigga just did more coke. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. She's a super freak. Super freak. She's super crackhead <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in love with... This nigga had a lot of songs about drugs. Yeah. I'm in love with Mary Jane. She is my main thing. She keeps me up at night. She I makes a smoky crack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Rick James. Then when I'm feeling low. <laughs> that was that yeah. slap too. Yeah, that was another that was a huge hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. That's yeah. Rick James. Who's another one in the eighties? Obviously Prince. Yeah, Prince. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Prince had some fucking jams, man. Yeah. Prince, Rick James. Uh obviously Michael Jackson. Come on. Yeah, no, that's that's go that goes without saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a video they showed like the behind the scenes or like extended footage, excuse me, with Michael Jackson in the bad video. Mm-hmm. And then Wesley Snipes was in the in the video. Yeah. 
And he was like, you think you bad, huh? And he's like, man, leave me alone, man. Like Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. just leave me alone. Mm-hmm. He's like, you want to be bad or what? He's like, I am bad. You want to be bad? Prove it. So then Michael Jackson like walks off mm-hmm. and he sees this old Latino man. And Latino man is like, hello, how you doing? Or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And then he was like, he was like, hey, man, you got a quarter? And the dude was like, I'm sorry, I don't have a quarter. Mm-hmm. And then uh, <laughs> and then he, was, he told the old man, he's like, run, run, run. Mm-hmm. And then he pushed the old man away and the man ran. And then Wesley Snipes like, came up. He's like, you a punk, man. You ain't bad. Mm-hmm. You ain't bad. And he's like, you know what? You just, you ain't no good, man. Like mm-hmm. that was like his, his comeback. Yeah, yeah. Dude, the video is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Because it was, it was just like, it was kind of corny. It was very corny. Yeah. 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 But and the, at the end was he, a smash. It, yeah, exactly. And then at the end, he's like, man, leave me alone, man. Where are the kids? And I was yeah. like, wow, Mike. Yeah. No, I'm black. <laughs> he didn't say that. He didn't say that part of it. I'm he just was like, like, man, where are the taxes? You know, Wesley got arrested for taxes. Oh, Oh, fuck. It took me a second for that to register. Oh, dang. That's wild, yo. Oh. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Switching gears. Um, The dunk contest. Uh, recently, uh, during All-Star Weekend, they had the dunk contest, and one of the judges was Carl Malone. And some people are trying to figure out why the fuck is Carl Malone there, <laughs> right? Because this nigga, when he was 20 years old, he got a 13-year-old girl pregnant. And, um, yeah, that, that, that really happened. A lot of people don't know that about Carl Malone, but... Yeah, he's a fucking pedophile, and they still allow him to be around doing anything. So, That's so let, crazy. Let's go into it. And there's many people like this that nobody talks about, like uh, Paul Walker from Fast and Furious. When mm-hmm. he was 33, his girlfriend was 16. A lot of people don't know this shit, but she was 16 years old. He was a 33-year-old man. Mm-hmm. So I know people like, R.I.P. Paul Walker, man, and you know nobody wants to talk bad about the dead. I, I don't believe so, but yes, he was a fucking pedophile too, mm-hmm. right? And everybody's just so stuck on how handsome Paul Walker was. He was a handsome pro- pedophile. <laughs> okay? <laughs> That's just the truth. And <laughs> don't listen to me. Look that shit up. It's it's plain as day. His girlfriend was the same age as his fucking daughter. Yeah, that makes it even more weird. <laughs> um, here, the, This year's NBA All-Star festivities will be held in Salt Lake City for the second time. Approximately on the 30th anniversary of Utah's first hosting since... A stint since 1993, the event will presumably attract plenty of jazz alums, including Hall of Famer Carl Malone, who will serve as one of the five judges for Saturday's dunk contest. Um, a two-time MVP and third leading scorer in the NBA history behind only LeBron James and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Malone spent most of his time and career in Utah leading the jazz in consecutive finals. Uh, however, the mailman's legacy is complicated by an incident. It wasn't an incident. That nigga intentionally did this shit. Um, by an incident... In his personal life, fathering a child, former Bills and Eagles offensive lineman uh, Demetrius Bell with a 13-year-old when he was a 20-year-old college student at Louisiana Tech. Though they've become closer in recent years, Bell had no relationship with his father growing up, meaning for the first time when he was 17, Malone was subject to a paternity suit as well as child support payments, which he later contested in court. This is sick. 
charges were never brought against Malone. Louisiana's legal age of consent is 17. Though the controversy has rightfully tarnished his public image for the right for that reason, Malone has kept a rela- relatively low profile in his post-playing career, keeping public appearances to a minimum, including last year when he was absent from the NBA's 75th anniversary celebration in Cleveland. Well, I would keep a low profile, too, if I was a fucking pedophile. <laughs> Look here, man. I can't. There's certain things that are un- unforgivable. Only God could forgive you because, nigga, I don't. Yeah. You was a 20-year-old man fucking a 13-year-old, man. Mm-hmm. And there's no excuse for that. You was a grown-ass man back then, and now you're going to host a, the NBA dunk contest? Like, I don't. The thing about it that's crazy is in the 90s, we were oblivious to it because the news and there was no social media back then, so there wasn't a bunch of opinions about it. And whatever was known, it was kind of kept out of kept out of the public. Mm-hmm. Like there was even like a case with Michael Vick where a girl accused him of giving her herpes. I don't know if you mm-hmm. heard about that story. Yeah, he had a like a name, a different Ron, name. Ron Mexico. Mm-hmm. That was his name in the case. Yeah, which is crazy how like that didn't really like go all over the place, but some people knew about it. So they, the media and everybody did a good job of being hush 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 about it. But bro. You got a 13-year-old girl pregnant. That is just disgusting. Mm-hmm. Why would a, what is a grown man doing at Louisiana Tech getting a 13-year-old girl pregnant? Bro, you a pedophile. Mm-hmm. That's, bottom, that's the bottom line. Probably not the first time he did some shit like that. And now he's doing a dunk contest? No, he shouldn't be involved in that at all. Like, not at all. You want to get mad at Kyrie for posting a fucking tweet? Not even a tweet, posting a link. You know, and now Ky- Kyrie had to de- defend himself and go through these explanations and make apologies and all of this. But this nigga is a pedophile and was with a fucking 13 year old and he's fucking hosting the dunk contest. Yeah. NBA has set a fucked up example. They took a big L with this shit. I don't know if Carl Malone's got something on the NBA or if they're just blind, <laughs> but they can't have this nigga nowhere. And they have to, the NBA knows everything about everybody. Yeah, that's what Car- Carmelo Anthony was saying. Thank the, you. The, the commissioner was like, "Yo, you hanging around the wrong people." This motherfucker, yo, um, what's his name? Uh, the old commissioner. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, f- I forget his. I name forget now. his name, but he passed away. But mm-hmm. the old NBA commissioner <clears throat> yeah, like told brain cancer or something. Yeah, something like that. But the old commissioner had called him and told him the names of the people he was around. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's power. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if the commissioner could call you and tell you, hey, man, you need to stay away from a little peanut. I know mm-hmm. about him. It's like, yo, if the commissioner has that power, then the commissioner knows every single, every player from every roster, even G League, he knows everything about you. Mm-hmm. Why was this not vetted properly? Yeah. You cannot have this around there. You cannot, because what's going to happen is somebody in the media is going to ask a question. Hey. The dunk, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. The, the dunk contest is over. It was a great dunk contest. Mac McClung did a great job. Um, but I'm just curious, with Carl Malone's past history, is that going to be a stain on this NBA contest? Mm. That's a fair question. Yeah. You know, and that's crazy too, man. White boy won a dunk contest during Black History Month. That's fucking crazy. That's not good. That's not good, man. We, we got to do better. We can't have that, man.
No, nah, yeah. but <laughs> no, nah, he got off. He man. got bounced. Though. Matt McClung is fucking dope. It's, that it's, guy's... And it was creative dunks. Very, yeah, very, yeah. It, very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like he a dunker, dunker. Like he, yeah, he been doing this shit a minute because he had them highlights from high school. Mm-hmm. And then he went to the league and he's still doing this shit. Still dunking like that. Yeah, them dunks. Is, and he not that very. He not very big, bro. How tall is he? Ah, man, that nigga look like Brock Purdy out there, man. He do, huh? Yeah, <laughs> probably like six three, six two. He might be six. Let me look him up. He can He probably six one. He's not very big, bro. Mm-hmm. But he's talented. He was on the Lakers, but they ended up getting rid of him. Yeah. I don't know why they did that. Mac wasn't a bad player. Mm-hmm. Mac McClung. Let's see. I think he went, I think he went to North Carolina. Like with Georgetown. Georgetown. 6'2". Yeah, 6'2". Dang. Yeah. Bouncy. Yeah, he was a good, he's a good player, man. Mm-hmm. He's decent over there. Mm-hmm. He was catching lobs and shit over there. Mm-hmm. They said something about Mac McClung. Doo, 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 doo. Oh, yeah, they're showing with these dunks. Yeah, he was going crazy. I didn't watch the dunk contest. I just seen the highlights, but he for sure was going crazy out there. Yeah, he looked like, he just looked he looked like he could work for like Office Max or something. He's yeah. like, like a regular dude, but he mm-hmm. just he a, a hooper. Mm-hmm. He was in the G League. They brought him up to do the dunk contest. Because they knew they needed like sh- People, I don't know, the NBA, the whole All-Star, it's just not as exciting as it used to be. No. And one of the reasons is because, like, the best dunkers are not doing the dunk contest. They, they need to start letting guys from just off the street jump in the fucking dunk contest. If you got a, a following on the internet for dunking, they should let you go ahead up with pros. For sure, yeah. They need to cut this bullshit out. Just let the dunkers from, it's dunkers that, they had a show. They got, like, dunkers in France. Mm-hmm. They got dunkers every all over the world that be doing crazy shit. They yeah. need, they need to be in the fucking dunk contest. It's something like I think a lot of these NBA players are are kind of scared. Like it's mm. no reason John Morant should not for from the beginning of the NBA till like when did when did it start getting real weird? Like probably like two thousand like, uh, like oh you mean where the best players wasn't doing the yeah. dunks yeah. I say it started in like two thousand and like ten-ish, a little before that, because because uh, I know Kobe when he was in it, he was at the very beginning of his career. Yeah. Vince was already a baller, and he was in the dunk contest. Um, is some of the best players was in it? Was the guy Jordan was in the motherfucker? Doctor J was in it back in the day. It started to not not fall off in the sense of like. Uh, like it was bad, just not but it the started best to fall. Yeah, it started to fall off when the best players weren't in there. That was around when like Nate Robinson was winning. Yeah, Nate, that was weak. Because yeah. if we gonna keep it a buck, Shannon Brown should have been in that motherfucking dunk contest. Shannon Brown, God. I think he was in the dunk contest. You sure? Yeah, but sometimes it don't translate because you got to make the dunks. I think he I was in there. I don't remember him in it. I think he might have been in one. That motherfucker. It's a viral video of him where he got that block, and Kobe was like, oh. Yeah. He jumped up so high as the dude was trying to lay it he up. Snatched he just it. snatched it. And they yeah. called a foul. That wasn't even a fucking foul. Yeah, Shannon Brown was a freak he, athlete. Yeah, his, he could jump. I remember Kobe threw him a lob, and the dude he just jumped so high and caught it. I was like, his fucking eyes was looking into the rim. God dang. It's yeah. like, bro, you can't block that, dog. Mm-hmm. But nigga jumped that high where he looking down into the rim. Yeah. Just don't even, I don't care if you're 7'3. You're not blocking that fucking shot. Yeah, some people just got it. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> Mac is that guy. Mm-hmm. There's a dude, I forgot what team he's on, and he and he did a he jumped so high that he could grab the top of the backboard. Really? The top. 
God dang. I was like, dude, what the fuck is that? Oh, this is something that I randomly brought up, but it's kind of funny. Speaking of people that jump high, there's a video that got doctored up with, with uh, DK Metcalf. Yeah. Where they threw a pass and like he jumped up and snatched it. Mm-hmm. And they sent him a drug test. Yeah, I seen that. Yeah, yeah. I said I sent it to yeah. you. I'm like, damn. Yeah. That bit it it looked it looked like slightly altered. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looked almost real enough to where you'd be like, yo. But it's kind of like the Steph Curry. They're doing that a lot now, like, um, like even with Steph Curry, where he was making like all those half court shots. Uh huh. I had this movie idea, and hopefully nobody like steals it. But it was going to be like a, um, the premise is like a high school kid that doctors up his highlight tape mm-hmm. in order to get like a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Like imagine uh, a kid going to BHS and he played like basketball or something like that. And he he's good at like CGI and stuff like that. Oh. And he doctors up his highlight tape where he just crossing people and shooting threes all across the thing. Or even like in football, he doing all these one-handed catches and stuff like that. And then he send it, he getting all these offers from like USC and all oh. these things. Yeah. So I kind that's probably like, I got a couple ideas. Hopefully nobody steal that if they do, oh well. But, that's dope. Uh, but yeah, that was just an idea I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a trip. Yeah, this is a dope dunk contest. I didn't catch all of it, but I did catch Mac McClung's dunks. Mm-hmm. There's some good dunks, man. Mm-hmm. But it's, people be like, yo, this is the first white boy to win a dunk contest. False. Brent Berry won a dunk contest back in 96. Mm-hmm. But Brent Berry, he jumped so far. He jumped further from the free throw line than Dr. J and Jordan. Oh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Brent Berry jumped, and, and Brent Berry jumped with his warmer on. Mm-hmm. He never took it off. Mm-hmm. So this motherfucker jumped with a whole foot behind the free throw line mm-hmm. and was just flying with his fucking shit. I was like, God damn. I remember when that happened. Yeah. I was like, wow. I don't get why people are always so shocked when white boys could jump. Yeah, that's some athletic white boys out there. Yeah, it is. But I, I think that on a massive scale, that's not their strong suit. Mm-hmm. Usually they're really, um, they're really uh, fundamental. I mean, you just see it like, even when there's no other white running back besides McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Yeah. And there's no really corners either. Too. There's not been a starting there's not been a starting white uh corner in the NFL since Jason Seahorn. Did you know that? Yeah. That's fucking crazy. That is pretty crazy. That's so as weird. Ma- as many like white people play football that Yeah, there's nothing but black corners. It's some positions that's pretty much off limits. <laughs> that's crazy, yeah. man. Because mm-hmm. all O line is black and white, D line is black and white. And you got to think like as many as many white boys play receiver, right? That you know it goes hand in hand. When you right. like you come you coming up, you play receiver and defensive back. You might play running back, and you know there's one dude that's coming out of college this year that's a corner, white dude, mm-hmm. and he's really good. Mm-hmm. I think I forgot. I don't know if he went to Colorado. I can't remember where he went, mm-hmm. but he was really good. And there was like, was is this going to translate into the league? But I think it's kind of low key, like like low key racist though. Mm-hmm. Because it's like they almost just doubting him because he's a white corner. Yeah. Because so if you even if you a lockdown corner and you a white dude, you probably gonna go in the fourth round or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fucked up. It's gonna be some black dude that go to like Arkansas. Mm-hmm. That's like probably should be in the third round. They're gonna pick that dude. It's it's there's definitely racism in, in football. Like, um, like same with black quarterbacks. Like right. I'm right, sure there's right. like not so much now. 
Yeah. But just in general, black quarterbacks are kind of looked at as like the more athletic, the run, you know, the dual threat quarterbacks that mm-hmm. don't have the same, uh, can't read the field like a Tom Brady or Aaron yeah, Rodgers or something like that. Yeah. Um, so they probably like so. There's that that sort of racing, but it, it plays a part in every every uh, every position. Like you yeah, know, I think that sure. um, like you were saying when they look at it's not it's just not a lot of white cornerbacks in general. Like I don't, especially in college, I rarely see, I can't remember even the last time I seen one in college, but like when you look at the the field, I'm sure they'd be saying like, ah, I don't know, he's, he's a white boy playing cornerback. I don't know if that's going to work. I don't know if that's going to translate to the NFL. Probably have to move him to safety, you know, probably have to move him to outside linebacker or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. Or probably have to move him to slot receiver or something like that. And it's like, what? Why? Yeah. If he could play, he could play. He could play, you could play. Like yeah. Adam Thielen's really good. People forget about Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. He's a, I mean, he's a white guy. He's a wide receiver. He's really good. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of that. That I think that that's not really an issue with wide receiver. Yeah, not wide receiver. Wide receiver is white dudes dominating the league. Like mm-hmm. Adam Thielen been around. Fucking Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go over the years, you got the Stokelys of the world. Mm-hmm. Wes Welkers. Wes Welkers of the mm-hmm. world. Freaking. Um, uh, Edelman, Julian Edelman, Danny yeah. Amendola's. Yeah, you got those guys, those those quick slot guys that can get open. Those dudes can play corner. I don't know if they can play cornerback though, because you got to be like I can see an Amendola playing a corner. You got you not only got to be quick, you got to be like you got to be able to run with DK Metcalf. The hell is that? Oh, somebody else. That's yeah, like, thought that was me. I was like, oh okay. Mm-hmm. You about to end this podcast early? <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, but as far as Carl uh, Malone goes, I don't, I don't have much to say on that. It nah. is a tricky situation, um, and the uh, you know the 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 NBA they just need to uh, what you would call keep the same energy. They do, mm-hmm. yeah, because that don't make no goddamn sense. It got this goddamn pedophile in there. That wasn't <laughs> a good dump. Somebody said, hide your kids. Somebody said he was getting confused because. Um, he was throwing up nines and tens, but he was like getting confused with like the ages. Oh, uh, <laughs> they said it better online, but you know that was. I give that a twelve. <laughs> like, Nigga, no, that's crazy. <laughs> it don't even go to twelve, man. Yeah, What's wrong with you? I think. I don't know. I, 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 I'm a little bit different. Like I, I think that. I think that um, there's like reconciliation for some for for almost anything but the thing that i think the biggest issue that i that i see with this whole situation is there's no conversation about it yeah like he's just going on with his life his son is like done played in the nfl and like it's grown and you probably got gray hair and grandkids and all these other things and there's literally no conversation about it this this is like this is like like a taboo in a sense like it's kind of like this this under underlying story that people just talk about you know so i don't know i, I yeah it, you just gotta say something dog like no even if he came out and was like yo I, I was you know i was young and i made He's a mistake never addressed the I, shit. he just never said anything i don't know it was crazy if he if and this if there's really nothing he can say because if he's like honestly she told me she was 18 and if you see the picture of her you would understand why i made that mistake it still wouldn't work yeah it wouldn't work. No, I, not a lie. Just be like, just just keep it real. Like, you know, but I don't know. 
don't know. That's that's oh man, that's that's just so bad. <laughs> it's bad. Then you got her pregnant to make it worse. You got a whole kid out of it. Then you didn't want to pay the child support. Oh my god. He that's... don't even got your last name. Oh my god. He don't. Mm-hmm. That's just that disgusting. was probably. I think if the son had the last name, it would be a little bit. It would be a little different for him. This just it doesn't make any sense because a girl that's thirteen can't pass for any older. Let's say just she couldn't pass for any older mm-hmm. than sixteen. Mm-hmm. At the oldest. Mm-hmm. So like, even if you are inebriated, drunk, this is no excuse for it. Yeah, it's a conscious effort. You know, no reason to make no excuses. Yeah, that's him. that's fucking sick. Let's go ahead and move on. Mm-hmm. Okay, switching gears. Black History Month. <clears throat> As we all know, February is Black History Month. Unfortunately, it's the shortest fucking month of the year. Twenty eight days and a whole bunch of calamity going on in the world. Mm-hmm. You got trains running into fucking releasing chemicals. Valentine's Day, the Super Bowl. Yeah. You got so much shit going on. All-Star Weekend. Yeah. White boys winning the dunk contest during Black History Month. <laughs> got a lot of shit going on, man. It's so much going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Oh, balloons being shot out of the fucking sky. Chinese yeah. Chinese dropping balloons full of fortune cookies and shit in the, in the middle of nowhere for no reason. That's crazy. That's insane. <laughs> UFOs. Yeah, UFOs. They sh- yeah. Supposedly shooting them down. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of shit going on, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Black History Month unfortunately is very short, and um, it's so it's just so much going on. So I say this: I just want to highlight some of the contributions of Black Americans and Black America. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, we've we I don't want really to want to go into the despair part of it because we would have to have a whole other podcast. You know about that because there's a lot of this, this despair that has happened in regards to just black history in general. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'll get into it. Uh, one of them is just culture. You know, mm-hmm. everything that we do, we indulge in something black daily. Did you go to the barber and get a fade? I don't care if you're white, Mexican, whatever you are. If you went and got a fade, that's a black haircut, sir. If you're wearing Jordans on your feet, that's a black man's shoe. Michael Jordan saved Nike. He did. Yeah. He certainly did. They have a movie uh, coming out. If you're listening to hip hop, that's black music. Mm-hmm. Now I know your favorite rapper might be, uh, it could be I don't know Mac Miller. I love Mac Miller, but that's black music, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you love Justin Timberlake and his music, that's also black music. That mm-hmm. that type of sound, that pop, R and B type sound, that's black music, mm-hmm. right? Um, some of the words and lingo and, and ebonic type language you use, like saying the word period with a T on the end, that's a black language, ebonic slash language being used on the internet. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of influ- influence from black culture on the internet mm-hmm. um, or black Twitter, excuse mm-hmm. me. So, yeah, there's just so many things. And beyond that, to go even into more depth, mm-hmm. Go through some of the some inventors that you may not know of. You know the GIF that you use. A lot of people use GIFs. Well, actually, a black woman invented that. But we'll we'll get into that here in just one moment. All right, here. Uh, 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 uh. uh. All right, we got Shirley Jackson. Uh, Doctor Shirley Jackson is an American physicist. Uh, hold on. Yeah, physicist who received her PhD from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology in 1973. She was the first African-American woman to earn a doctorate in nuclear physics 
at MIT. In addition to her lengthy list of academic achievements, she also has an impressive number of inventions under her belt. Her experiments with theoretical physics paved the way for numerous developments in the telecommunications space, including the touch-tone telephone, the portable fax caller ID, call waiting, and fiber optic cable. That's a huge fucking deal because we still use that today. Fiber optics, yep. Okay. Next, Lewis Latimer. Inventor and engineer Lewis Latimer was born in Chelsea, Massachusetts on September 4th, 1848. He collaborated with scientist greats Hiram Maxim and Thomas Edison. One of Latimer's greatest inventions was the carbon fulfillment, um, a vital component of light, the light bulb. His inventions didn't stop there. Working with Alexander Graham Bell, Latimer helped draft the patent for Bell's design of the telephone. Uh, this genius also developed an improved railroad car bathroom uh, an early air conditioning unit. So this is fucking huge. So the next time you're escaping a hot day out uh, inside your cool house, don't forget to thank Lewis Latimer. See, this is a huge deal. Thank you, Lewis Latimer. This is a huge fucking deal because we use these things every day not knowing that a black person invented them. So without you, you could say like, you know what? I don't like black people. Can't stand them. Well, you benefit from them every day and you don't even know it. Now, this is off the record, but did you know that the color TV was invented by a Mexican man? Nobody knew that. This is Black History Month. It's Black History Month, but I'm just saying. Yeah. There's a suppression. I don't want to highlight Mexicans on Black History Month. Hey, 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 hey. No. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's crazy. Anytime a nigga make you hot, just think about Louis Latimer, because he made the AC. Yeah. There's just a suppression of information is the yeah. point I'm trying to make. Mm -hmm. You know, things like, an, uh, you know, AC unit or the color TV, you know, mm -hmm. um, is something that we should know, and I think it's something that should be a part of the textbooks. I didn't know that a Mexican man created color TV until about a year ago. Mm -hmm. That's fucking sad, man. Yeah, that's 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 insane. Um, uh, Marie Van Britten Brown. Did you know that the first home security system was invented by a black nurse? Um, uh, meet Marie Van Britten Brown. Although she was a full-time nurse, she recognized the security threats to her home and devised a system that would alert her of strangers at her door and contact relevant authorities as quickly as possible. Her original invention consisted of peepholes, a camera, monitors, and two-way microphone. The finishing touch was an alarm button that, when pressed, would immediately contact the police. Her patent laid the groundwork for the modern closed-circuit television system that is widely used for surveillance, home security, push-button alarm triggers, crime prevention, and traffic monitoring. Big fucking deal! All this stuff that exists today, even the Ring app would not exist without this. This was the prequel to all of it, invented by a black woman. But no one would know this, right? No one would know this had they not looked up the information. Or listened to a Trucker's Mind podcast. You, you learn things here, okay? <laughs> you learn things here. <clears throat> You're welcome. <laughs> All right, next uh, we got Otis Boykin. Uh, Otis Boykin's most notable contribution to science was likely the, cir the circuit improvements he made to pacemakers after losing his mother to heart failure, a contribution that saved countless lives since. But this single improvement was among the long list of achievements. Boykin had 26 patents in his name and is famed for the development of, the, of IBM computers, burglar-proof cash register, chemical air filters, and electronic resistor Used to use in controlled missiles and other devices. This dude was fucking everywhere. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Shout out to Otis Boykin. This guy, 
Jeez Louise, IBM computer pacemaker. So this dude's saving lives. You know, his mother's life was affected by it. So he said, you know what? Let me do something. That's dope. And he did. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we go. Lonnie G. Johnson. We talked about him on a podcast a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Did you ever enjoy the water gun f- fights as a kid? Well, meet Lonnie Johnson, the man that gave us the most famous water gun, the Super Soaker. Super Soaker. I love that as a kid, especially in the Super 90s. Super Soak that hoe. Yeah, this way before Soldier Boy. Um uh, Lonnie wasn't a toy maker. He was actually an aerospace engineer for NASA with a resume boasting a stint with the U.S. Air Force. Work on the Galileo Jupiter probe and Miss Mars Observer Project and more than 40 patents. Yes, he is also working on the Johnson uh, thermoelectric en- energy converter, uh, which converts heat directly into electricity. But it's a squirt gun he created that has given us all the most joy. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. And all these commercials <clears throat> and all these kids playing with these squirt guns and all mm-hmm. this. And no one knew that a black person created it. And I know you're thinking, why is it important that a black person created this? Why are we just all Americans creating things? Yeah, why, why is it Unfortunately, important? it is important because there has been an obvious suppression of black inventors um, being put in textbooks. Right? They were excluded from getting credit and in some cases there were some writers in back in the day that had to use pen names because black people couldn't get any credit mm-hmm. for even being able to fucking read at mm-hmm. one point mm-hmm. so these these things are important man and it is black history month and i feel the best thing you could do during black history month if you don't do anything else is learn something that you haven't learned about people who look like me and keith yeah i, I think it will be beneficial i think another <laughs> reason it's important um to me, the most important reason it is it is important is because as a young black male or a young black woman, you know, just seeing these historical figures, it just opens your eyes as to like what we are, we what we are capable of. 100%. Sometimes we live in these hoods and it's just like all we see is like liquor stores and drug <coughs> dealers and gang bangers. And we don't really know like the full extent of what we're capable of. No, then when you see, when you hear about the Madam C.J. Walkers and and all these other historical mm-hmm. figures that were like super successful, um, you know, inventing super soakers and all these things, you're like, yo, like if he could do it, then like I could for sure do it. Don't you know? I have the same capabilities as anybody else because mm-hmm. you know that narrative that you're not capable or you know you're lesser than or you know you're you grew up poor, whatever the case may be. Um, it just that it's just not it's not real. Hundred percent, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's get another one here. Charles Drew. Charles Drew. Every two seconds, someone in the U.S. needs blood. Thanks to Charles Drew, that blood is available. Drew was a physician, surgeon, and medical researcher who worked in a team of Red at Red Cross on groundbreaking discoveries around blood transfusions. In World War II, he played a major role in developing the first large-scale blood banks and plasma and blood plasma programs. He also invented the the and get ready because his name is pretty charming. Blood mobiles, blood mobiles, excuse me. These are refrigerated trucks that uh, to this day safely transport store blood to the location where it is needed most. Drew was one of the most prominent doctors working in his field and one of the only African-Americans, African-Americans during the time when blood donation was still separated along lines of race. That's fucking crazy. Oh, dang. So we couldn't even give each other blood when we was dying. Like, oh, man, I'm dying, but I need some black blood. Fuck. I don't want no nigga blood. Oh, man, I'm tired of this. Don't give me no coon blood in my arm. 
Oh, I'm dying. Fuck it. Give me the nigger blood. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Don't give me that Kunta Kente blood. It's like, can you imagine like you, you just, you're a white guy, you're dying. You're like, oh, fuck it. Give me the black blood. I can jump higher. I can run, <laughs> I run faster now. No. My dick is longer. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Good old, good old black history jokes. Um, <laughs> Uh, doop, 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 doop. All right, um, along the lines, uh, Drew eventually resigned from his position with the Red Cross over their in- insistence on adhering to the policy. It was 1950 before the Red Cross finally recognized all blood as being equal. That is sad. 1950? Yeah, Damn. 1950, bro. That's not that long ago. Yeah. That's crazy, man. What's crazy, too, is, um, rest in peace to my grandpa, but... Um, out there near Wasco, there's a cemetery out there, and for the longest, that cemetery was segregated, mm-hmm. and it stopped like barely being like like desegregated. I think I forgot when they did it, but it wasn't even that long ago. Yeah. Like I think it was in the '80s or some shit like you that. You don't even want to be buried by black. Crazy. That's wild. Don't bury me next to Tyrone. I don't <laughs> want to do it. That's sad. That's sad that we lived in a world like that. That wasn't even that long. This is like way less than like. This is way less than 100 years ago. This is mm-hmm. what fucking shit. 54 years ago, 55 years ago that like there was these realities all the mm-hmm. way up in some places in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, is America's been tough for black people, man, and it's not to be to win the oppression Olympics, it's just the facts. Mm-hmm. And also the thing about it too is the reason why some people are like, "We don't understand what's the big deal with race and why are black people always complaining?" It's like when you don't the sad part is, is when people don't get the information about what has went on um, with black America, then they are just fe- they're just filled. American history is filled with highlights and none of the wrongdoings of other people. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you start to believe all these highlights and American history start looking like ESPN highlights with LeBron James dunking every other second. Yeah. But in actuality, they're not showing the truth, man. Mm-hmm. You know. If if you you could even resell a home to a black person, they were not even able to. If you resold a home to a black person, you would lose your real estate license. That's how fucking much they did not want black people in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Like it was real, it, it, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Interracial marriage wasn't even legal till like almost the sixties. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Like you think about how wild this shit is, but we'll, we won't get into all that. We'll stick to the good shit. Uh, uh, let's go here. This one is fun. Lisa J- Jalopter. Lisa Galopter. That's her name. Uh, if you ever enjoyed an animated GIF on the web, this is like this. Uh, this one amazing clip of a kitten being scared by an iguana. Then you have to you have Lisa Galopter to, to thank. Uh, Galopter was into integrally involved with the a advent of Shockwave, a technology that formed the beginning of web animation. She also played a major role in emergency of online video, later serving on a senior management team at Hulu. Previously, Lisa was uh, the interim head of digital for BT, BET Networks and ran technology, product, and business operations. Today, you can catch Lisa at the White House in the United States Digital Service. She is currently serving as the chief digital service officer with the U.S. Department of Education. Holy fucking shit. This, this lady is... 
the That's business. crazy. And That's she created the gift, man. Mm-hmm. So what did I say earlier, right? Did she create the gift or she created the pretense to the gift? It says, uh, amazing clip of being said, then you have her to thank. It says, laughter was integrally involved with the advent of Shockwave. Shockwave, yeah. Shockwave goes back. I think that was like. Yeah, I remember like when something was not working on your p- computer and then the little Shockwave logo yeah, would be on there. Yeah, that was, we talking, ooh, we're talking 2000, 2001? Yeah. Oh, that was Somewhere a while ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was back when, that was back when internet had dial up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm on the internet, mom, hold on. Yeah. That was crazy. A, nigga, that was the slowest porn ever. Yeah. Back in the day, dial-up porn, dial-up porn was the worst. Yeah. Because you couldn't even beat your meat watching that shit. You had to print it out. You said what? You had to print it out. You had to print out, <laughs> yeah, you print out that porn. Black and white titties and shit. Yeah. wasn't even color the yet. Black and white. <laughs> Niggas wasn't even printing color and shit. Yeah. Niggas did not have that color ink. Yeah, that's nuts, man. That's funny. Yeah. Good times. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I think you guys get a gist of, you know. I have a couple I want to share. Go ahead, man. Go and share away. Off the top of my head, just um, thinking about Ben Carson, you know, although he's a, you know, people hate him now, but he was like the first person, I believe the first doctor to perform a successful split of Siamese twins. Oh, wow. So um, shout out to Ben Carson. Like OG Ben Carson. I don't know about now. Mm. Um, uh, this is a one that actually my, girl, my girlfriend has sent this to me. Um, oh, wow. This dude's name is um, Gordon Parks. Uh, it says... Gordon, he has a long name, but Gordon Parks was an American photographer, composer, author, poet. And these are not inventors. I just pick people that are like more so like in the film world. Um, poet and film director. He became prominent in U.S. documentary photojournalism in 1940s through the 1970s, particularly, particularly in issues of civil rights, poverty, and African-Americans uh, and in glamour photography. He was best remembered for his iconic photos of poor Americans during the 1940s, taken for a federal gov- government project, for his photographic essays uh, for Life magazine, and as the director of the film Shaft, uh, Shaft's Big Score, and the semi-autobiographical The Learning Tree. Um, and then it says, Parks, Parks was one of the first black American filmmakers to direct films within the Hollywood system, developing films relating the experience of slaves and struggling black Americans and helping create blackspoit- the exploitation genre. The National Film Registry citation mentions it as the first feature film by a black director to be financed by a major Hollywood studio. Oh, wow. So that's Gordon Parks. Um, And then also um, a couple other people I got right here. Um, uh, Sidney Poitier. Uh, Oh, yeah. Obviously, most people know who that is, but if you don't, Sidney Poitier is the greatest American movie star. According to the Times Culture critic Wesley Morris, Sidney Poitier was the first black actor to win the Academy Award for Best Actor for his role in Lilies of the Field. It took 38 years for another black actor to win Best Actor for the Academy Awards. Only four black actors have ever won in that category. His strength of character and determination to make a name for himself as an African-American actor led him to become one of the most well-respected actors in Hollywood. Mm. Sidney Poitier passed away this past year, but leaves behind a colossal legacy for African-American actors, filmmakers, and artists. And then also uh, we got... uh, Got another one. 
another one right here. Let me see if I can find it. Sidney Poitier was that dude. Yeah, he was like the like the Denzel before. He was the Denzel before Denzel, and then it was Poitier, and then it was Denzel, um, and uh, who was after? Mm, I don't know. I don't know because wasn't wasn't another one was like uh, was it Henry Belafonte or his name? And then Barely Fonte, yeah. Yeah, he was one of them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then it was Denzel. Mm-hmm. After Denzel, believe it or not, arguably it was like uh like low key Will Smith almost, but not really. After Denzel. After Denzel uh, is probably right now, I told you, I think it's I think it's uh Michael B. Jordan right now. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan is a guy. He's in his prime. I think for he's sure. that guy. Like yeah. as far as like the, the you know, that marquee like main black actor. Yeah, it's definitely got to be Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan getting movies greenlit for sure. For sure, yeah, Mm -hmm. he definitely is. Yeah, Um, shout out to Michael B. Jordan. Um, Another one, uh, I think it's Haiti McDaniel uh, was an American actress, singer, songwriter, and comedian for her role as Mammy in Going with the Wind. She won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress, becoming the first African American to win an Oscar. She has two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and was inducted into the Black Filmmakers Hall of Fame in 1975. And in 2006, she became the first black Oscar winner honored with the U.S. postage stamp. Mm. In 2010, she was inducted into the Colorado Women's Hall of Fame. In addition to acting, McDaniel recorded 16 blues side between 1926 and 1929 and was a radio performer and television personality. She was the first black woman to sing on the radio in, in the United States. Although she appeared in more than 300 films, she received on-screen credits for only 83. Her best known, her best known other major films are Alice Adams, in in this our life, and since you went away. And um, the fuck is all that noise out there? Yeah, sound like. Somebody's arguing out there. Yeah, it's like people coming out of like a bar or something like yeah, that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But um, it's a little bit more. Her. McDaniels experienced racism, radical seg- segregation throughout her career and was unable to attend the premiere of Gone with the Wind in, in Atlanta. Fuck. Because it was held at a whites-only theater. At the Oscar ceremony in Los Angeles, she, shot, she sat at a segregated table at the side of the room. In 1953, McDaniel died due to breast cancer. Her final wish was to be buried in, Holly, in, a, in Hollywood Cemetery, was denied due to the graveyard. God damn. To whites only at the time. Oh, my. See what I'm saying? Yeah. See what I said earlier when I talked about a segregated uh, cemetery? And see, yeah. people like, that's, that's the sad thing about people. They just figure like, you know, I don't understand why black people would complain. Like, they've got it good. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Bro, when you have fucking hundreds of years of mistreatment. Mm-hmm. And you can't even die around white people. Like you can't that's even crazy. be. That's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. That's just unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. And these and even uh, Jesse Owens went and got a gold medal. You know, went to Germany during heavy turmoil. You know, while Germany was you know wilding out and being the, at the height of that German Nazi regime. Mm-hmm. Bessie Owens fucking or, or Jesse Owens goes out there and he fucking gets a gold medal. And he comes back to America and gets treated horribly. Yeah, horribly. Yeah. He can't even eat at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. They actually they did the um, they did the um, documentary about him or the it was like a, it was a, you seen the doc about Jesse Owens? Yeah. Mm-mm. Hold on. I seen the movie, but not the documentary. 
Oh, the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said I said documentary. Uh, yeah, Jesse Owens, man. Jesse Owens. Yeah, he died in 1980, 1913. It's crazy they showed that they still got the video from when he won. Yeah, he was he was running fast. He's running fast, bro. On dirt too. Imagine being in Nazi Germany during that time, and mind you, Hitler was right up there watching the shit. Mm-hmm. Mad, and mad as fuck. Like Hassenheimer, 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 niggers, Hassenigers, Hassenheimer, why you let black win? Why black win every time? <laughs> Adidas. Adidas. <laughs> you know, what's funny about Adidas is the creator of it was named uh, Adi Dazzler. Mm. Adi Dazzler was uh, the inventor of it. I think that I, I'm not too sure, okay, but I believe Adi Dazzler got Owens to wear those cleats. Mm. So, yeah, that's a trip. I believe so. I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, they had photographers come and whatnot, and it and the fun, the crazy thing about it is, is the news media back then, fake news has always been a thing, mm-hmm. even back then, because during when he was winning these events, they would not let him get coverage during it. Yeah, like there was there was there showed that one <coughs> side view, but when he was, I think he did a long jump also, I believe, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and one was, two and a long jump. Yep, and mm-hmm. when he was doing a long jump, they would not allow photographers to take they'll take that footage of him mm-hmm. at that moment. So after he had won, he had to go back and photographers got those really nice shots of him doing a long jump. So I was just like, this is crazy. So they did it afterwards? Yep, afterwards. It was Dang. in the movie. Yeah, it was yeah. in the movie. Dang, that's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so much, like, these, these uh, like, we, we had it good. Like, being able to just play sports at BHS without really, oh, yeah. I've never really experienced any sort of racism in terms of my sports career. Right. But there were some people that just, like, they couldn't like, you know, eat at the same restaurants yeah. after the game with their teammates. Yeah. Like it was Bill always some, something they had to, to deal with. But yeah, man, like the Bill Russell documentary. You guys should check it out. It's on Netflix right now. Um, uh, Boston Celtics legend with uh, mm-hmm. eleven titles. Mm-hmm. Um, after his freaking, they had won. At the time, they had won five out of six years the NBA championship, and Bill Russell. Um, his car broke down on the side of the road, and people just looked at him and just walk and walked by him. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, there was a time where, whenever Bill Russell was out of town playing a game, um, people would come and knock his wife's like they would come into the yard and knock his wife's trash can down and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like harassing the family. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Until one day, uh, Bill Russell went out and got a fucking gun, and when he came back home. He was out there chilling with his gun, waiting on him to come up. And then afterwards, there was no more people fucking around at his house. Of course, yeah, yeah. His so brains blown out. Mind you, this is the NBA player in the city in 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 Boston, mm-hmm. right? And in Boston was supposed to be a very liberal uh, town, but it it was not very progressive at all. They were extremely racist to Bill Russell, mm-hmm. um, and it's all documented. He spoke about it. He's written about it, mm-hmm. and they had honored Bill Russell. Like on his like, I think it was on their eighth championship, mm-hmm. and uh, they said we want to thank you, you know, for being a part of this community and all of almost like as if they were trying to um, uh, atone mm-hmm. for some of the things they had done to Bill while he was there. Mm-hmm. 
And afterwards, Bill's like, he told his wife, like, we, we, you know, we feel like we're a part of this community. You know, we love the people here. Let's move to this side of town. So they wanted to move to the most expensive, nicest part of town, and they got denied. Mm. We talk about Bill Russell. At this time, he has won about seven or eight titles for Boston, right? Yeah. And they would not allow him to move there. Uh-huh. Which is fucking, and they got a petition so he couldn't move to that side of town. This is like he's the guy. <laughs> Bill Russell is like the Celtics. Like, yeah, you know? it's fucked up, man. And mm-hmm. but but Bill said like um, when he talked about the team, just the team itself, he said everybody was like family. Mm-hmm. Like all those guys, all the white black players, they said everybody loved each other. Everybody was like family. Mm-hmm. But the community had a lot of people that didn't want to see him there. Yeah. Um, and it took him years of like verbal abuse and being accosted by people for no reason, mm-hmm. just because he was just this, you know, this guy. But in one game, this nigga, uh, Bill Russell, had forty rebounds. God dang! Yeah, I was like, fuck, just catching every boy. Bill dog. was Bill would block a shot, throw it down. He was fucking tough, man. Mm-hmm. Bill was tough. Yeah, Bill Russell was tough, man. I'm yeah, tr- trying to find something. Uh, what year? Hold on. What's it? What's up? What you looking for? Cause uh, I, I believe I'm not mis- if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think Jackie Robinson's. Yeah, so Jackie Robinson's brother Mac Robinson mm-hmm. actually won silver in those same Olympics that Jesse Owens. No way! Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Hitler was really fucking pissed. Yeah, he's pissed off. He's like, Eisenheimer! Eisenheimer! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they have, they have these statues in Pasadena. Um, it's like both of their heads. And I was like, who I was like, who the heck is Mac Robinson? I thought it was like, because I never heard of Jackie Robinson's brother, who's maybe like, you know, relatively, you know, comparable success. You right, know? right. Um, and then, you know, it, it, they have like the plaques on there. It's like Mac Robinson. He won the silver medal in the 1936 Olympics and stuff like that. So It's crazy, too, man. You talk about like during the era of Jim Crow, how a lot of athletes had to move around. Like it it literally was rules. Like if you were a black man and you seen a, a white woman on a crosswalk, you had to go across the street and walk this way. Mm-hmm. Like that was literally a Jim Crow like law that mm-hmm. you had to abide by. Mm-hmm. that's sick mm-hmm. and this is like this is why like with me i feel like i don't really have any excuses and everything i want to be i have the ability to do that because i don't have these restrictions when my grandpa was my age he went through some shit yeah like as a 37 year old black man in 2023 i could do whatever the fuck i want mm-hmm. right but my grandpa fuck no mm-hmm. he didn't have that same privilege that i have now yeah you know, so it's it's a blessing, and I, and that's why I don't. I'm not really a big fan of making excuses because I see my grandfather, you know, raise a family of, of eight kids, you know, uh, and and bust his ass at work and be a family man and be a man of integrity during a time where it was tough, man. Mm-hmm. Being a black man or just a black person back then was tough, but being a man that had to provide for your family after going through all that shit, man. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. my god, yeah. That's just different. Yeah, man. That that you know we're gonna talk about it later. But just that there's a I won't even say an era of men because I don't want to make it seem like 
Mm-hmm. You know? I don't like I don't like coining things as like back in the day this used to. I I just think that there's certain specific people that like you know like your grandfather like no mm-hmm. matter the circumstances there was just people that got stuff done. You know. Yeah, they man. didn't play victim to the time and the circumstances in which they lived in. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. a lot tougher for them, bro. Mm-hmm. A lot tougher. So when I see people, like I see people just casually throw things out there like, man, I'm trying to get this job, but the white man trying. I'm just like, bro, if you don't shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, bro, if you don't shut the fuck up and figure your life out. The, I mean, that's the, that's, that's the thing. Like some, some people just kick down the door. Like we just talked about Bill Russell and Jackie right. Robinson and Jesse Owens and Mac Robinson and all these people that like. The, obviously, white people didn't want them there, but they was just so good at what they did. It didn't. It didn't even matter. Yeah. Like you know, they just kind of like they 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 perform regardless. So you know, you can't get a job. These niggas was this nigga was running in front of Hitler. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, literally in front of Hitler during extreme turmoil. Yeah, you know, during the time where Hitler was on on pace to. Take over a lot of shit. Yeah. Because it, it could have went the wrong. History could have been rewritten. Like, it could have been bad. Yeah. Yeah. But we was like. Genocide. We was like, nah, Hitler, we can't let you do that, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We don't treat our blacks right, but we'll send them to war. I wonder. No. <laughs> uh, I know <laughs> I know that there is like some uh political impact on Jesse Owens winning but I want to I want to do more research on that like how that affects And it doesn't politics. stop there cuz the biggest one actually wasn't Jesse Owens. It was Joe Lewis versus Max Smelling. And Max Smelling the was match? Yes, the boxing match. Mm-hmm. That was also during the you know the 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 turmoil. Mm-hmm. Let me let me look it up. And that was like literally the biggest political fight. Yeah, it's interesting because bo- bo- it's a real war, right? Yes. Like running is, you know, it's just a, the fastest person, but boxing is more in line with like combat, you know, that we would do in like in, in terms of our army and our military and stuff. All right. For people who don't know, Joe Lewis versus Max Schmeling uh, refers to two separate fights between men, uh, which amongst boxing's most talked about bouts. Schmeling took the first match in 1936 by a knockout in round 12, but Lewis won the second bout in 1938 um, with a knockout in the first round. The two oh, fights came to embody the broader political and social conflict of the time, and the most significant African-American athlete of his age and the most successful black fighter since Jack Johnson, Lewis, was the focal point of African-American pride in 1930s. Moreover, a contest between representatives of the United States and Nazi Germany during the 1930s. The fights came to symbolize the struggle between democracy and fascism. And the president was like literally like was very active in uh, the the prequel of the fight. Mm -hmm. Like basically putting on that this fight is way more important than just a fight. Mm -hmm. You know, and the president at that time, who the fuck was it? Fuck. What year was that? Was it was it Woodrow Wilson? Hold on, who was the president during then? It had to be Woodrow Wilson. Hold on, hold on. Let me see if I got my presidents right. Let me see if I listened in class, or this ain't, this is just something I'm trying to remember. Um, all right, Max Smelling. Oh fuck, 
Who was the president? I'm trying to fucking find out. What year was it? 1938. Hmm. So, but it might just be good to put in the president. 1938 president. Okay. President Depp. Oh, it was Roosevelt. I thought it was what? No, no. Woodrow Wilson was in the fucking twenties, I think. Franklin Roosevelt helped American people. Blah 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 blah. FDR, yep. It was, it was him. Mm-hmm. FDR. Woodrow Wilson was the president during the fucking Spanish, uh, the Spanish, uh, the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. He played that shit down so bad, like, oh, it's nothing. It's just Spanish rice. <laughs> Niggas is dying like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Woodrow Wilson tried to downplay it, and it didn't work out very good. Is a Woodrow Wilson Spanish? Damn, that's crazy. Spanish flu response. He didn't give a fuck, yo. Uh, close. I want to say after you. Huh? So I had something to say after you finish that. Oh, okay, Keith. You always got something to say these days. <laughs> okay. The president contracted influenza while attending peace talks. Da, 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 da. Influenza. Okay, yeah. 1918 influenza pandemic killed an estimated 50 to 100 million people worldwide, including 675,000 Americans in just 15 months. But Woodrow Wilson's White House largely ignored the global health crisis, focusing instead on the Great War enveloping Europe and offering no leadership or guidance of any kind. As historian John M. Barry, author of Great Influenza, the story of the deadliest pandemic in history, recently told Times' Melissa August, Wilson wanted the focus to remain on the war effort. Barry explained anything negative was viewed as hurting the morale. In private, y'all and a hey, and motherfuckers thought Trump was bad. <laughs> Trump ain't had nothing on this nigga, bro. Mm-hmm. He was a nut job. In private, the president acknowledged the threat posed by of the virus, which struck a number of people in his inner circle, including. His personal secretary, his oldest daughter, and multiple Secret Service members, even a White House sheep, came down with the flu. God damn. Reports. <laughs> this, the White House sheep. That's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. That is nuts. That's that's bad. I asked my dad. I was like, yo, who is the most? This is way before my dad passed away. Probably about a year. I was like, who is the worst hated president ever? And I was like, is it Trump? He's like, nah, it ain't Trump. It's, I think it's Nixon. Yeah, a Watergate thing. Yeah, this is the people fucking hated Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. You were saying something? When I was uh, like 2002, 2003, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. um, this guy, his name was uh, Mr. Lagore. Mm-hmm. He came to our uh, our class and he asked the question um, when I was in elementary school. He was like, if you looked at the presidents, because, you know, we would all, you know, the, we were in class and we're trying to list the yeah. know, however many presidents was at the time, like 40 some presidents. Yeah. And he was like, um, if you looked at all of the presidents, like, what would you just from looking at the list? What do you think the qualifications of being a president was? And mind you, I, I went to McKinley Elementary. It's a bunch of niggas and a couple of Mexicans and a couple of white people. Um, and. Like, he's asking this to maybe, like, a majority black class. And it was just so crazy because we were, like, saying things like, 
I remember I raised my eyes like, you know, like if an alien came down to uh, this America and they looked at the list of presidents and they looked at the qualifications, what would they say? And I raised my hand and I was like, that you would have to be white. You know? mm. And it was just, uh, you know, just different things like that. You got to mm-hmm. be old. You got to be this. You got to be that. But it was just so crazy that I don't know what the point was of him having that conversation, but I'm sure there was something to it, especially being, mm-hmm. you know, a school with a lot of black kids in there. Um, that 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 conversation was being had to like mm-hmm. 10, 10 year olds. Yeah. What are you supposed to think? Yeah. See a whole list of white guys. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Like, you know, you having that that kind of dense conversation with some kids. Yeah. Probably mm-hmm. a social experiment for him. Mm-hmm. Like a black doll experiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That that shit is sad. Mm-hmm. That 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 experiment was really fucked up. Mm-hmm. The black doll experiment. Yeah. Which doll is bad? And yeah. To the black doll. That's so mm-hmm. fucked up. Yeah. That conditioning. Yeah. The conditioning, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, 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 anything else, Keith? No, I think that's uh, shout out to black people. Yep, yep, shout out to us. All right, switching gears. Um, recently, Don Lemon, uh, Don Lemon is being outed for a sexist comment or being, uh, you know, it's kind of subjective. Some people say it's, it's sexist, some people say it's not. Uh, 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 uh. all right, Mr. Don Lemon. Don Lemon uh, won't appear on CNN show after Nikki Haley prime remarks. Here's what happened. Don Lemon is taking a breather from the hosting duties on CNN after saying after saying former South Carolina government governor Nikki Haley isn't in her prime during Thursday's episode of CNN this morning. Uh, Lemon and uh, and his co-host discussed Haley's comments during her presidential campaign that called for mandatory mental com- uh, com- com- competency. What is it? What is it? Competency. Say? Yeah, competency, excuse me. Test for politicians over 75 years old. The 51-year-old politician launched her bid in the Republican race at rally at the at a rally Wednesday in Charleston, South Carolina. I really don't disagree with what she said. I, I basically because they like Joe Biden doesn't know where he is and there are other older fucking politicians. Trump is is, is off. But he not nearly as off as fucking Biden. Mm-hmm. Like at least Trump is on so much Adderall that he's just like, <laughs> I'm aware of everything. I know where everything's going. <laughs> I I I beat COVID. I don't think Biden could beat COVID. If I'm being honest, I don't think he could beat COVID. <laughs> I don't know what disease he has, but he has a disease. I don't know what it is, but it may be getting worse. Maybe not. Maybe getting worse. <laughs> that nigga Trump be wildin'. Um, but yeah, basically Don Lemon in front of two co-hosts, she said that they should be a comp- uh, a competency, like if you're incompetent, you should have a, a incompetency test if you're over the age of 75 because you might be too old to do your job. And it's like, in some ways she was kind of right, but he basically tried to discredit her by stating well, she's not in her prime. They say a woman from the age of 20 to 30-something or 40 is in her prime. And the two women were like, whoa, whoa, what do you mean in her prime? Like, what? Like, basically, he had a failed attempt at trying to um, discredit the woman that made that comment, but he pissed the other two female co-hosts off and, yeah. was, and was labeled <laughs> as almost like making a misogynist con- uh, mm-hmm. comment. Now, there is scientific proof of a woman's prime, but it's more specific. He just made a 
very broad statement without anything specific. Yeah. Right? That's where he fucked up. He probably should not even said that at all. Because mm-hmm. you got to realize, like, okay, for example, a woman is in her sexual prime at 36. Mm-hmm. So a woman is 36, is horny as fuck. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's just scientifically proven. So if I said a woman is in her sexual prime at 36... And they say, what do you mean? I'm 50 and I'm in my prime. I could use scientific evidence saying, hey, it has been scientifically proven that a woman at 36 is in her sexual prime. Then they're not going to sit me down. They probably shouldn't, you know, make me take a break. Right. But when I say a woman's not in her prime and I'm not specific to what I'm trying to say, Mm -hmm. that's when it could cause an issue. Because you got to remember, we you can't just have no regular conversation. Nigga, you on CNN. Yeah, you're on national TV. <clears throat> Which, is, in addition to this, <clears throat> that is a very liberal, there's there's very liberal and conservative bias. Fox News, conservative bias like a motherfucker. CNN, liberal bias. MSNBC, liberal bias. So when you on a show that's very liberally biased, you can't say nothing bad about women at all. If you say, if you say anything remotely that discredits women, they're going to get rid of your ass. Mm-hmm. Especially with a very progressive network. They will not, even though he gay, right? Yeah. He is a part of the alphabet community, but it don't matter. Yeah. Right? And and at some points, sometimes I'll be thinking Don Lemon definitely got some more right-leaning views. Mm-hmm. Right? But since he gay, that kind of keeps him out of fire. But they was like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. I don't know. Uh. I think sometimes you just got to save your opinion. Just yes. report the news. Like, right. You know, she said that there needs to be a competency. T- competency. I, that word's t- fucking me up too. I'm going to beat my ass. Like, yeah, like the word incompetent. Yeah. Right? But it's incompetency. Competency. Incompetency. That's how I read it. I was like, God damn it. Competency. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, so, sometimes you just don't need to, like, share your opinion about stuff, no. especially that platform. It was just a quick little conversation. Mm-mm. She wants this test for people over 75. You can, you know, talk about it in a sense like she believes that, blah, 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 and then move on. But sometimes this is where people people get in trouble when they start sharing their opinions. Yes. You can't. It's hard. It's hard for people to filter their opinions, especially when you just free, you know, you just having you a free flowing yeah. conversation. And then that's when the truth come out. But because I think that statement was more than just, you know, women are in their primes at a certain age. That was like a shot at like women i think and certain women i, I think he, or not a ser- shot at women but a shot at her specifically he was trying to make a shot at her but he ended up shitting on women with two female co-hosts yeah and then he didn't really articulate himself no. like he was just like google it and google is like google's not a valid no, place to go for information not all the time. i don't even know why you would just throw google out there like this that's is, where the truth lies this is why it is important to either preface a statement or to literally like process your thoughts before the words come out because if you just blurt something out and now you got to explain yourself and you don't have the right if you don't have the right amount of information behind the statement you made you already discredited yourself and now you have two women there and i hate to say this but let's be honest when it comes to discrediting a man on tv it has become very socially acceptable so if women just say you know men are not on our level they're just they're just really not any good anymore, and women notice it, right? Oh, everybody's clapping. Oh, but when you discredit women at all, you will be fucking fired. Yeah, that's od. That's super sad though, because yeah. on the that show, um, the real, 
They were talking about quarterback Nick Foles that won the Super Bowl for the Eagles, mm-hmm. right? And this was years ago. And they literally made a statement about his genitalia. They mm-hmm. saying that his his teammates called him Big Dick Nick, mm-hmm. and they was literally talking about the size of his genitalia on the View, mm-hmm. right? Which is completely inappropriate. If mm-hmm. I seen some girl named Jessica and I said they call her Big Titty Jessica, I would be fucking fired. Big Titty Teresa. Oh, that's a better one. <laughs> Big Titty Teresa. Yeah, she was a great Big Titty. Oh, here it goes. Big Titty Teresa. She was a barista over at uh, <laughs> at uh, Starbucks, right? I would be fucking fired if it was the Today Show, whatever it was. But they, they literally all was snickering and laughing and giggling, talking about a man's penis that they don't know, mm-hmm. right? And no one got in trouble. No one got let go because it's socially acceptable to be weird towards guys. Mm-hmm. But on, you say anything remotely wrong, because it wasn't always like this, right? I think that men kind of set up the... Men kind of set up the uh, the landscape because m- some men got away with saying fucked up shit to women on live TV, yeah, and they never had to be held accountable, yeah. So there's now been an overreaction to a underreaction. Mm-hmm. The response to the underreaction and how women were disrespected now has caused this landscape, yeah, yeah. where women can now say whatever the fuck they want, yeah. even if it's fucked up. Man says anything, that nigga's canceled. Yeah, the cool part about it, I, I mean. Ain't nobody going to bat for Don Lemon because he just, we're not really a fan of him like that. Nah. So it's just kind of like. And he was the same nigga going after Joe Rogan the whole pandemic. Mm-hmm. Going after Joe Rogan. He needs to really watch what he's saying because what he's saying is very dangerous and they really shouldn't be doing that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm a guy that I'm just really about the news and the facts. And it's like, shut the fuck up, Don Lemon. I can't believe he, he just really was like Google. Like he yeah, really used, used Google, Google as a as, as a valid I mean, source you, on national. You can Google it; it's right there, it's <laughs> right there. I know I'm gay; it's right there. Then he put Google. He said it. women are in their prime for three decades. I'm like, nigga, which where, which which one is that? That's wrong. <laughs> which That's one wrong. is it? The twenties, the thirties, or the forties? Woman is in her prime. It, prime it, sexual prime is at 36, but it's it's from the twenties to the thirties, and it stops there. Mm-hmm. That's where it stops. That's been scientifically proven, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> this nigga said in forties. I guess he was trying to like after he fucked up, he wanted to stroke somebody's ego because he knew them girls is probably in their forties. Yeah, he probably. But it's too late because yeah. it's it's too late because it's gonna be some women that's like fifty six. Like I'm in my prime right now, mm-hmm. and it's like no, you're not, lady. But that that's <laughs> the thing. Like that, there's no prime. Is just a very vague word. It is. Like, what does that actually mean? You like have somebody to. can be in their in their fifties in their prime of like just information. Like they could be at the peak of they. You know. You know. There might be a scientist or a researcher that's in their fifties. Like man, yeah. I, I feel like I'm I'm really operating on you know at the optimal level right now in terms he, of my research. He tried to absolve himself. Like I'm not the one that said it. It's just it's there. Yeah. The information's <laughs> out there. You have to be able to source the information, mm-hmm. right? Like if I okay, you know what's funny about me and Keith? Me and Keith don't work for CNN. Mm-hmm. We don't work for Fox News. But you see how much I look for things mm-hmm. right here on the podcast. I'll be like, "Yo, who was the president during the Spanish flu? I think it was Woodrow Wilson." Looked it up. It was actually Woodrow Wilson. Mm-hmm. He was very dismissive of the flu, but I said it. But I made sure I looked it up because there's going to be people that listen to this podcast that. It can educate them. They may not know it. Mm-hmm. We just educated other people to uh, inventors, mm-hmm. you know, uh, black inventors of things that may not know, mm-hmm. whether it be all the way down from the gift to the super soaker and, you know, blood transfusion, all this important stuff. 
Yeah. But it's all sourced information. I'm not just saying this out of my mouth and expecting you to think that it's 100% accurate. I, I no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. Don yeah. Lemon. Don Lemon, you're fucked up. You're going to change your name to Dom Lime, okay? Oh, well. Don Limeade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Don Limeade. Welcome to CNN. <laughs> I was on a Trucker's Mind podcast, and they were just so transphobic. And <laughs> like, this nigga, you trying to get, oh, I see what you're trying to get sympathy again, ain't you? <laughs> ah, okay. I see you, buddy. Nice try. Nice try. So he got suspended? Uh, uh, he took a break. Supposedly, oh, they yeah. put him on a break. But CNN was just like, damn, boy. All right, you'll be back. Just make sure you yeah. say what we want you to say. <clears throat> mm-hmm. He might be trying to sabotage himself, too. He might be trying to get off that fucking network because you can't even, you got to be a puppet to be on CNN. You got to say what exactly what they want you to say. That's so sad. And what's what's Fox News? What's the, is it Rupert Murdoch? I think Rupert Murdoch is the head honcho there. I don't know. Yeah, well, Rupert yeah. Murdoch is like. He was at the Super Bowl with Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah, he was. He's eating pretzels. Eating pretzels, not giving a fuck <laughs> about shit. <laughs> Rupert Murdoch is just up there. Let me look him up, too, because I like to. Rupert Murdoch. Here it is right here. Rupert Murdoch, uh, uh, Australian-American businessman through his company, News Corp. He is the owner of hundreds of local, national, and international publishing outlets around the world. God damn. This motherfucker, 91. Oh, my gosh. Sheesh. He's a, he's a, he's ancient. Yeah, they're they keeping this nigga alive. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to uh, Nick Foles? He just kind of fell off. Yeah, Nick Foles is, I don't know if he out of the league, probably a backup somewhere. I think he's he's still in the league, but just his fall from fall from grace is pretty crazy. Yeah, he, he, was, he was responsible for that Super Bowl. Yeah. And after that, they it's like they wanted to rock with Wentz after that. Mm-hmm. So they tried with Wentz and that shit didn't work. Yeah, because he was technically a backup, but, you know. Wentz yes. was that nigga, though, before he got hurt. Wentz was doing his thing. Yeah. Got hurt, and then Foles came in and just fucking delivered, bro. I would be curious. They need to do this. They need to do a documentary or maybe like a podcast with a quarterback of that stature. Like the kind of guys that had like uh, like a flash in the pan kind of guy. I would be very curious to know what Nick Foles, as to why he wasn't as successful after the Super Bowl, as he was, you know, with that whole that whole season, well, probably because the team decided they wanted to move on from him. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine winning a Super Bowl and you win within that system and everything's going great, and they say we're going to stick with this Wentz guy, and Wentz turns out to be Swiss cheese, mm-hmm. right? And then now you're with another team that's a new chemistry, that's a new playbook, that's a new offensive coordinator that's taking you out of the momentum you had. You you get you leave Nick Foles in there starting, who knows what the fuck he does with his career. Yeah, you never know. You never know what he does, man. Mm-hmm. You never know. All right, let's go. Ahead but and I also think if you need everything to go right to be good, then you're probably not that good. It's not even everything to go right. It's just football is a game of momentum. You look at the Chiefs, they're a perfect example of that. They've had Eric Bieniemy and and that, that nice little nucleus they got over there at mm-hmm. Kansas City, and they've been going to the Super Bowl over and over again because that's what you need. You need that continuity. You can't have a new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, a whole bunch of new players every year and win. That ain't how it works. You need to have that cohesiveness mm-hmm. and different players, I mean, and, and, and the same familiar faces on that team. Yeah. Yeah. All those Niner teams that were winning in the 90s, they had a lot of the same players on those teams. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's how it works, man. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where we at, dude? Uh, 143. Okay. I think you, another one will wrap it up. Yeah, let's do it. All right, man. Let's go and do it. Um, as of recent, uh, switching gears. As of recent, we've seen uh, that train derailment going on over there. There's a train derailment going on in New Palestine, uh, uh, Ohio, mm-hmm. right? And it's been pretty fucked up, man, and they're, they're trying to get it together. Um, but it has been really bad. Let me go to it right here. Do, 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 do. Boom. All right, this, this is just a little bit of information. On February 3rd, uh, the 2023, the Norfolk Southern Freight train carrying hazardous materials derailed in East Palestine, Ohio. Um, after the freight train burned for over two days, emergency crews conducted a controlled burn of several rail cars at the re- at the request of the state officials, which released hydrogen chloride and phosine into the air. As a result, residents within a one-mile a 1.6 kilometer radius were evacuated and an emergency response from agencies in Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia were initiated. The federal government agreed to help. Uh, and that's where we are. And I guess um, I, I guess uh, what I've seen is Biden had offered and then chose to like not give aid. Mm. Let me go ahead and double check that right now. I don't want to be the guy just saying stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on. Okay, let's see here. Ohio facing chemical disaster. Biden must declare a state of emergency. He did not. Explains why it turned down disaster relief. White House explains why it tur- they did turn it down. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. And why did they turn it down? Let's see. White House explains why it turned down disaster relief. Biden administration. White House explained why it turned down Governor White's request for disaster relief was one week after massive derailment. A Biden administration official told Fox News Digital that it provided extensive assistance to surrounding communities following the chemical release earlier this month in eastern Ohio. However, uh, the official said the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, the agency that usually provides relief to communities hit by hurricanes and other natural disasters, isn't best equipped to support the state's current needs, the Biden administration is mobilizing a robust multi-agency effort to support the people of East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, since February 3rd, the Environmental Protection Agency has had personnel on the ground. Uh, the official told Fox News Digital FEMA is co- coordinating with the Emergency Operation Operations Center, working closely with the Ohio Emergency Management Agency. But the, what East Palestine needs is much more expansive than what FEMA can provide. They continue. FEMA is on the front lines when there is a hurricane or tornado. The situation is different. Yeah, there. That's like like uh, weather stuff. I thought. Yeah, FEMA is this like is. What does FEMA stand for? Uh, uh, I don't. I don't fucking know. FEMA. FEMA is a uh, what they call it. Was it an acronym? Mm-hmm. For. Uh-huh. A federal emergency management agency. I just fucking said it. Mm-hmm. That's what it means. Oh, okay. Oh, it says right there. Yeah, yeah. Federal, federal emergency, emergency management, management agency. agency. Um, here's the thing, man. Uh, they said he denied aid, so he really didn't deny it. But it's not best equipped for that. But I don't. It doesn't really matter. I think that they got to figure out what the fuck they're gonna do because I, I don't want to sound like I'm bitching about it. 
but we sent so much fucking money to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. We got Americans. That water is contaminated, bro. That water is fucked. Dead mm-hmm. fish. You got the, the water is affected. You got brown water coming out. People can't drink their shit. They can't take showers. Nothing. Skin burning from the water. Skin burning from the water. Fucking. There was a girl that put like uh, that that water in a mug. Mm-hmm. And she poured coffee creamer in it, and it started bubbling. Mm-hmm. Like the chemicals are so strong in the water that when she mixed that fucking milk in there, it said, blah, 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 blah. I was like, <laughs> this is like something out of a fucking movie, man. Mm-hmm. This is terrible. And those people don't deserve this. This is wrong. Mm-hmm. The biggest issue is from the very beginning, our government has literally sold us out. Mm-hmm. Like they've, they've literally bargained our health. Mm-hmm. And they try to tell the people of New Palestine that the water was okay to drink. Are you fucking serious? Nah, not that water. Oh man, that shit looked like it. That shit looked like fucking Chernobyl. Yeah, it got like. <laughs> you can't. You can't do. It looks terrible. It looked like a piece of art. Like you seen it? Yeah. The water's like like got that color in it. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's terrible. Once the water is infected, those people are fucked. Yeah, it looked like an oil spill. Yeah, but it's just a bunch of chemicals in there, man. That's mm-hmm. fucked up. That ain't good at all. Mm-hmm. And here's the sick part about it. The sick part about it is those people don't have the money to just up and leave. A lot of people live paycheck to paycheck or they don't have a lot of money. So when something like this happens, they're trying to go to work and they're breathing in all these fucking chemicals. Mm-hmm. Every day breathing in chemicals. Dang. Hi, hey, hello, sir. Can I take your order? And it's like, bro. Fish is just dead. Yeah, fish is dead and they shit. They ain't got no McFit. Uh, what they call those things? What? What's the uh, the McDonald's thing? You mean what? We talking about the fillet of fish? Yeah, the fillet of fish. I said a McFish. Keith, they got no fillet of fishes in uh in East Palestine. Keith, if you don't stop. <laughs> Hello, can I, I said you're trying. You your brain froze up. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what they call it? The McFish? Yeah. I was like, no, no, Keith. <laughs> the McFish. That look fire. You know, I chose to actually have one of I I chose to have two of those on Friday because I haven't eaten nowhere. Yeah. And I went to get a fillet, two fillet of fish. Yeah. And man, that shit was good as a motherfucker. Yeah. The only did you get them? Did you tell them to make it fresh, or you just ordered it? They just came it. They just gave it to me fresh because it was there was so many people in line. And the line was yeah. moving so fast. I was like, I'm not gonna ask for it because I know it's gonna be fresh. Yeah, but sometimes people don't be ordering a fillet. They be forgetting about the fillet of fish. So sometimes like nah, the mugs be sitting up in there. Nah, I was part of the two for six. So I already knew what time it was. Yeah. But yeah. hey, did you know that Cardi B and Offset got their own meal at McDonald's now? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, they got the Cardi B and Offset. It's a whole meal. What is it called? The toxic relationship? I don't know. Mm. The offset offset combo, <laughs> offset combo. But it's literally a Cardi B and Offset combo, bro. Yeah, I was like, bro, they get money. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, that's dope. That's a good look. I didn't. That's I, didn't, I Usually, you hear about like the Saweetie meal and then the yeah uh, the uh, the freaking Nelly meal and um, they had a Jack Harlow at KFC. One. Jack Harlow got him at the Kentucky Fried Chicken joint. The song the song I love with Cardi and uh and Offset though is pretty dope. They do anything for clout. They do anything for clout. That shit go hard. I never heard that. You never heard that? Mm-mm. Oh, bro, that shit go hard. Clout. Cardi low-key been barring up, bro. I was telling you. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, Cardi, she had the coldest verse out of like the whole Migos. Mm-hmm. And she popped in. I was like, oh, snap. Yeah. Yep. I'm curious to see um, 
what like what is the meal? Is it nigga? It's just burgers. It's McDonald's. It's it's a, a quarter I know, pound but of like with Saweetie, she got like the special Saweetie sauce and stuff with the with the chicken. Nuggets. I don't even think they be eating that shit for real. I just think that they just like put some shit together. They mm-hmm. did the J Balvin one and J Balvin. Yeah, they just all McDonald's. All they do is like they they just change the box up. a That's little bit. all. Yeah, they they only spending money on the packaging. Mm-hmm. They ain't really doing much. Yeah. The 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 person that I feel, and we're gonna get back to the topic. We're not gonna just drift off too far folks but the one that capitalized the most off mcdonald's than any person i've ever fucking seen was travis scott mm-hmm. travis scott had his own merch yeah the clothing line that's <laughs> and that shit was expensive as fuck yeah like people was reselling that shit and mm-hmm. it was like a t-shirt for like seven eight hundred dollars mm-hmm. i'm like this is crazy yeah yeah and i want to be that that's who i admire those people like the shoe plugs or yeah. like the clothes the clothing plugs, yeah, like the dudes that just got access to, uh, you know, the Jordans before they drop, like the guys that like DJ Khaled called to get they to get their shoes. If we had a trucker's mind, a trucker's mind mill at McDonald's, bro, man, I would make sure it was something wild, like a nigga triple fish patty. I for sure would. Have, it, it might have to be the fillet of fish because that's like the most underrated thing on the menu. Nah, 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 nah. Here we go, fillet of fish, right? Mm-hmm. But it'd be three patties. Filet of fish, spicy McChicken, filet of fish. That might be OD, but that might be fire. That might be fire, nigga. Got the right amount of chemicals on it. Got the right amount of cross contamination. Yep, it got the right amount of uh, New Palestine chemicals. On it. <laughs> <laughs> it's East Palestine. <laughs> East Palestine. <laughs> yeah, man. That's this is funny. fucked up, though, man. Yeah. Now, a story that's comparable to this that happened quite some time ago, where you know American citizens' health was bargained was in, in Love Canal. Love Canal was in New York. Let me go ahead and read that article for you. I, I listened to a podcast about this a long time ago, and it was just, it was just fucking shocking, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, where the hell is the goddamn thing at? Son of a... Uh, 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 uh. Let me go back here. Love Canal incidents. Okay, let me go ahead and read here. Final tragedy, EPA. Come on, buddy. Uh, 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 what's going on? Is the internet fucked up in here? No. No? Nothing wrong? You sure mm-hmm. about that? All right. Okay, it's good. Uh, quite simply, Love Canal is one of the most appalling environmental tragedies in American history. Uh, but that's not the most disturbing fact. What is worse is that it cannot be regarded as an isolated, isolated event. It could... It could happen again anywhere in the country unless we move expeditiously to prevent it. It is a cruel irony that Love Canal was originally meant to be a dream community that vision belonged to a man uh, from whom the three-block tract of land on eastern edge of Niagara Falls, New York, was named William T. Love. Love felt that by digging a short canal between the upper and lower Niagara rivers, power could be generated cheaply to fuel the industry and homes of his would-be model city. But despite considerable backing, Love's project was unstable to endure uh, the one-two punch of fluctuations in the economy and Nikola Tesla's discovery of how to economically transmit electricity over great distances by means of an altering current. By 1910, the dream was shattered. All that was left to commemorate Love's hope was a partial ditch where the construction of the canal had begun. In the 1920s, the seeds of genuine nightmare were planted. 
The canal was turned into a municipal and industrial chemical dump site. Landfills uh, can, of course, be an environmental acceptable method of hazardous waste disposal. Assuming they are properly cited, managed, and regulated, Love Canal was always remained a perfect historical example of how not to run such an operation. In 1953, the Hooker Chemical Company, then the owners of operators, owners and operators of the property, covered the canal with earth and sold it to the city for one dollar. So basically, the company that was the chemical company. That it's not listed here, but they dumped over 21,000 gallons of toxic waste in this landfill full of chemicals and shit. They dumped it over many years, right? And then they covered it up with a bunch of dirt and they sold it to a developer for one dollar. Mm-hmm. That's how you bargain people's health, mm-hmm. right? So that, that's just one thing. It was a bad buy. In the late 50s, and about 100 homes and the school were built on the site. A school? Yes. Yes, Keith. This is is fucking terrible. Historically terrible. Um, Perhaps it wasn't William T. Love's model city, but it was sold. Working class community for a while. On the first day of August 1978, the lead paragraph of a front page story in the New York Times read, Niagara Falls. 25 years after Hooker Chemical Company stopped using Love Canal here as an industrial dump, 82 different compounds, 11 of them suspected carcinogens, have been percolating upward through the soil, their drum containers rotting and leaching their contents into backyards and basements of 100 homes and a public school built on the banks of the canal. In the article prepared for the the February 1978 EPA journal, I wrote, I... I wrote regarding chemical dump sites in general that even though some of these landfills have been closed down, they may still they may stand like ticking time bombs. Just months later, Love Canal exploded. The explosion was triggered by a record amount of rainfall. Shortly thereafter, uh, the leaching began. So let me explain to those that don't understand chemicals. Whenever you spill chemicals into the ground, let's say you got a a football stadium, right? And in that football stadium, imagine 100 yards of that stadium is used for dumping chemicals. And you got drums that are busted open that are leaking. They go into the soil, but they go very fucking deep. Whenever these chemicals penetrate the soil, they run very deep into the ground, deeper than what you could ever imagine, right? And when you do this over a span of over 20 years, we're talking about it's going to take you about that time to decontaminate that area. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and when you don't and you try to put dirt over it, what happens is when you rain, when it rains, those chemicals are so potent that you agitate them and they percolate back up through the soil. Mm-hmm. The reason why I know this is because I have a hazmat. I'm a truck driver, but I haul gasoline. Mm-hmm. So we know that these are very volatile products mm-hmm. that have a high flashpoint, And we also understand the placards that are on trucks and that are around. There are certain like acids and stuff. If, sometimes you'll see a tanker and it'll have like an oxidizer placard or it'll have a, a oxidi- it'll have a placard with a skull and crossbones on it. This is some dangerous shit. Mm-hmm. If you're driving next to a truck and it got a skull and crossbones, get the fuck away. Mm-hmm. Seriously. All right. Or you'll see one with the fish, which means this is an environmental threat. If you see one with a dead fish, get the fuck away from it. Mm-hmm. Right. And just for educational purposes, I'm going to go ahead and pull it up. We've been doing a lot of education today. What are you pulling up? 
I'm going to pull up all the placards. Mm. Hazardous placards. Now, you could do what I do and look it up here, or you could just put in EGR. There's an EGR book or just an EGR um, uh, booklet or or uh, app on your phone that will show you what everything means. What does EGR stand for? EGR, I can't remember. I can't remember. Uh, 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 uh. Let's see here. Hold on. I can look that up. EGR. Emergency response guidebook. That's what it means. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, the EGR book just tells you what those placards mean. Mm Mm-hmm. I have a little orange one that I have on the truck with me every day when I'm at work. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, so what you got here is you got corrosive, right? So this is what you're looking for, Keith, when you see it on the side of a truck. See that? Mm-hmm. Those di- it's like a diamond-colored pla- – it's like diamond placards mm-hmm. that have different stuff on them. Um, they'll, it'll be oxidizer, corrosive, poison, dangerous, PG-3, flammable. If you see the one with the fish, man, that's when shit's serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many of them. Do they have those on trains too? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The, you, you, if you look at the placards on the side, like uh, there's certain ones that are for hot. Like if you, I think it's thirty-seven fifty-two is a hot. So any type of hot oil is, I believe, it's thirty-seven fifty-two placard. Mm-hmm. And then you got. Let's see. Ethanol is 1987. Mm-hmm. Diesel's 1993. Uh, my placard is 1268. Mm-hmm. So I, I haul 1268 placards, which means it's it's gas. So you're going to see a flame at the top of the placard, mm-hmm. which basically explains like this. The flash point is high enough mm-hmm. to, you know. But yeah, there's that. But to make a long story short, um, I deliver... I deliver product to a refinery. I, I deliver it daily. Mm-hmm. And uh, that refinery is very fucking old out here in Bakersfield. At Kern Oil, for those that don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. And at Kern Oil, they've been around for quite some time. Um, late 20s, early 30s. And that shit is super contaminated. There was an old black guy that used to work for Williams Tank Lines. And he told me about five years ago. He said, this place is so contaminated, man. It'll take him over 20 years to decontaminate this whole facility mm-hmm. and i started laughing he's like i'm serious and i was mm-hmm. like what mm-hmm. so that's what i thought about when they all the all the water and the fish dying and shit mm-hmm. i was thinking like yo this place is so contaminated that if they shut this whole place down for some reason it would take them over 20 years mm-hmm. to decontaminate this mm-hmm. so i think the people that are in uh in ohio this shit's gonna last years buddy yeah, they got to get out of there. They got to get the fuck out of there. If we're being like from a literal sense because of how much toxic waste that was in that water and all of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Even when they say it's safe within the next couple months, mm-hmm. I wouldn't fuck with that water, dude. I mean, they're already saying it's safe. Yeah, they try to say it was safe and it looked yeah. like fucking coffee. Yeah, yeah. With fish still dying. Yeah, yeah, fish dying in the water. You can give me some fucking Folgers poison. Yeah. <laughs> make some coffee and end up turning fucking green. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's terrible. I don't know. And the the sad part is, like, when you know, when the people we we rely on the governments for so much, and we was talking about earlier taxes and stuff. 
you know, these people of uh, of uh, East Palestine are paying their taxes and, and all this stuff yeah. and hoping that the government can, you know, take care of them when when they're in a in the time of need and mm-hmm. you know they don't they're not yeah. gonna help I just there. don't see the point we send all this fucking money to Ukraine and we got people I mean how how can we send that much money to Ukraine and Flint's water situation ain't completely fixed yeah how the fuck does that make any sense it doesn't make any sense it's sad when you have to rely on like celebrities like it's crazy every Jaden Smith out there like yeah you got Joe Biden like you know I'll tell you when I was a kid in Scranton, Ohio, and this is your state too. Yeah, this, this is the president's state. Mm-hmm. Like, like everything should stop, bro. Like, yeah. whenever Americans are affected by something, everything should fucking stop. Mm-hmm. And they need to give aid, and they need to get them people out of there. And all that money they gave to Ukraine, they could have gave that money to Americans to evacuate them, get them the fuck out of there. Yeah, get them all out. There should be. And in Ohio, in that area, it should be 75 buses coming into Ohio, getting them the fuck out of there. Yeah. Literally. They shouldn't be like, if you, you should evacuate now. Yeah, you, you, you should evacuate, yeah, if you do have your own transportation. But mm-hmm. if you work in a nine to five and you ain't got enough money to get out, then the government should have sent fucking 75 buses into Ohio to get you the fuck out of there and get you to somewhere safe. Mm-hmm. That's not right. Yeah, it ain't right, man. It's not right. Yeah, it's not right. What the the, the lack of response mm-hmm. is fucked up. I don't give a fuck who's in there. Biden, Trump doesn't matter who would be in there. Yeah, there has to be a more active response. You got to get them out of there. Yeah, and it's the same thing that happened with Katrina. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think uh, George Bush was just flying over. <laughs> but yeah, but here's the problem with Katrina. Katrina. That was just a huge conundrum mm-hmm. because they had been talking about since the fucking 40s. No, I think it was the 50s, I think it was. Mm-hmm. They had been talking about how where the levee broke was near more of the lower end areas of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And that and the actual levee system was super, like the whole idea of it was super outdated. Mm-hmm. And they literally were taking resources away from fixing the levee system and not fixing it. Mm-hmm. So it is it has been an issue with funding for that for that actual project since like the late 50s. Mm-hmm. So this is not something new that was going to hit Katrina. And when it did, it did what it did. Yeah. The levee system broke. Mm-hmm. And all that fucking water came in there and fucked everybody up. Yeah. It's supposedly a show like... Um I don't. I don't have the information. I was listening to Joe Budden's podcast, and I think Ice was talking about it, how there was a TV show that was based off of the same premise of like a a train going through East Palestine and it like getting derailed in some capacity, and then it contaminating the whole city, and then that's like the premise of the show. So I don't know. It's just crazy to think that. I don't. I don't know if they necessarily predicted it, but you know, they definitely probably seen that there was like a bunch of hazardous things and. A, a writer or a show creator was like, man, what if this just, you know, what if one of these things happened to just fall off and get, not, get into all of the water and stuff like that? So it's a, a scary situation. That's the same. It's the same thing like you were talking about current oil. Like if somebody was a show creator out here and they was like, man, right. what would happen if current oil just exploded? Oh, man. It had a couple scares. It had a couple scares of current oil. And here's the thing, though. Like this is nothing new. I feel like not only the government, but just big companies are bargaining our health. 
mm-hmm. right? That's just what they're doing. If you read the cereals or all the foods we eat with all these fucking chemicals in them, mm-hmm. and then you look back and you see that these are cancer-causing things or these things can cause cancer, yeah. why the fuck are they in the food in the first place? Mm-hmm. Why are they in the food? It's not, it's not food that we're even eating. But these big companies don't give a fuck. The same way these motherfuckers that... They, the, 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 the rail carts, they fucking crashed. They're releasing all this poison into the air. And then they got the nerve to tell motherfuckers the water is good to drink. They're bargaining your health. They prove that they don't give a fuck. Yeah. Then they were, they were asking the mayor, is he using the water? And they didn't really have no definitive answer. That nigga's nah. not using that water. Hell no, they're not using it. I'm, look, I'm looking up the levee system in uh, New Orleans. Historical background of the New Orleans levee system. I'm trying to look where they were not funding it. They were not funding it. And they said, court, let me see. Now it says levy depend on large measure, various assumptions beneath. No. This ain't that's what I'm looking for. Development, New Orleans flood protection system prior to hurricane. Okay. No, I don't want to see this shit. They just got a bunch of documents. I'm trying to see where they purposely did not fund that fucking shit. Okay, New Orleans, uh, prior to Hurricane Betsy in 1965, okay, from 1890 through 2006, the New Orleans Levy Board um, was the body of commissioners that oversaw the levy, the New Orleans Levy District, which, su- which, which supervised the levy and flood wall system in Orleans Parish. The role of OLB has changed over time. Prior to Hurricane Betsy in 1965, the OLB developed land and sold it to raise money to build and improve flood protection levies. After Betsy, Congress passed the Flood Control Act of 1965, which directed the Army of Corps of Engineers to de- design and build a hurricane flood protection system enveloping and yeah, enveloping the New Orleans, enveloping New Orleans. Uh, owing in the 1965 legislation, the OLB's duties were now limited to collecting the 30% cost share for project design and construction and to maintaining the operation complete flood protection structures. In the wake of 2005, levy levy failures in Greater New Orleans, two new regional flood protection authorities were created to replace the OLB as well as East Jefferson Levy Board and the Lake Borshan Board. Uh, Now, basically... Okay, so... They basically had an antiquated system going all the way back to 1965, mm-hmm. and they refused to put in proper funding to get the fucking levy fixed. Mm-hmm. They had been completely um, told over and over again that it needed to be fixed, and they, they there was this huge fucking hurricane coming in, mm-hmm. and it was too late. And by the time they by the time that shit was coming, Ray Nagin, who I believe was the mayor at that time, he said, "Yo." Everybody, you need to get out. This is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. And, they, and some people was like, I'm not leaving my house. And that didn't that didn't work out very well. <laughs> it didn't work out very <laughs> well at on all. Top of roof, I know people, this is how bad Hurricane Katrina was. And I swear to God, Hurricane Katrina was so bad that it was people displaced in Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. Literally. Mm-hmm. People made it from New Orleans to Bakersfield because they were literally sending people from New Orleans all over the country yeah. who did not have housing. Yeah. And we knew like five people. And they're like, yeah, right now I'm out here with my family. Like, I got one cousin out here, but I don't know nobody else. Yeah. 
And they was paying for hotels for people from New Orleans because they was displaced. Mm-hmm. So I was fucking, that was nuts. Yeah. That affected the whole world. Yeah, it did. But um, this is no different. I don't want to bore you guys with a bunch of information. Just understand that when things like this happen, these major companies, nobody's going to jail over this shit. Nobody's, nobody's going to get in trouble. None, nothing's going to happen to anybody from these companies. They're just going to get a couple of fines. Mm-hmm. It's just business as usual. Yeah. Understand that. And this is how it is at any corporation, whether it's motherfuckers making cereal with a bunch of chemicals in the cereal that you can't pronounce, they bargained your health. They know you're going to keep eating that. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're not tripping. They use these things as preservatives, even though they're chemicals, and you eat it because you just love them Fruit Loops, don't you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then Fruit Loops is uh they got uh they got shit that you 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 could build a freaking a cinder block with. It was cancer loops. You said what? Cancer loops. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a terrible commercial. God damn. Yeah, that ain't good, man. You got the kids eating that shit in the morning every day. Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, this is still a developing story out there. I pray for the people out there, and I hope the government finds a way to really step up and do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You gave Ukraine all this goddamn money. How about you figure something out the same way you helped them out? I mean, what is it to the government to send 75 buses, which it probably won't even take 75 buses to get that area like evacuated. Mm-hmm. But just get them. Yeah, it's, I think it was like a one point something kilometer radius that, that, that was affected. So it Yeah, so it's much. like, can you please get them out of there? Mm-hmm. You know, get them get them food. Like, they shouldn't have to worry about work. Mm-hmm. The fuck? They're breathing in toxic air. These are American people that vote in elections. Mm-hmm. These are people who are tax-paying Americans, and they have to live breathing in this goddamn fucked-up air, man. Yeah. This ain't right. This is, this is, anti, this is anti-American. Yeah, that's facts. It is anti-American to have people that pay taxes, that's going to work, Living their life, but they are exposed to fucked up water. Their kids are exposed. Like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't want to become too repetitive, man. So we're gonna have to just wrap this thing up. But uh, we appreciate y'all, man. You got anything else, Keith? Um, no, that's that's pretty much it. Make sure y'all subscribe to the YouTube. Yeah, man. You know, make sure. Ma- yeah, share. Hit the hit the uh, hit the cash app too. Yeah, if you get a chance, if you feel we've earned a donation. Mm-hmm. Head on to the cash app mm-hmm. at ATM Pod uh, and uh, send your donations there, man. Uh, we appreciate everything. Yeah. Uh, also th- visit a truckersmind.com. Get you some hats. Yep. A truckersmind.com. We got some top quality snapback hats in there. We mm-hmm. got the we got the all black and white. We got mm-hmm. the all white and black. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. We got the the black with the green underbill. You mm-hmm. know, we got the trucker version hat also. Yeah. These ain't no bullshit hats, homie. Yeah. These ain't no these ain't no merch these little merch hats. Mm-hmm. This is like nice, very nice embroidery. Yeah. Very nice quality hats. So yeah. you, you know, if you come on down to the site and also it's um it's a donation based. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to pay seventy five dollars for a hat. Yeah, you pay now, what you want. Yeah, you pay what you want, literally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Literally. So mm-hmm. you could you could literally go to this website and get a top notch hat for whatever price you want. Yeah. Except for the white one. That motherfucker fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah. That white one, yeah. That that's that's the that's the getter there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But stop on by. We appreciate you once again. 
Yep. If you made it to the end of this podcast, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Thanks. We're out of here, man. Peace.